Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Matty D and I wrap up our college football previews with a double dosage for you. The SEC and the Big Ten. It is a jam-packed podcast. We start in the SEC West before going over to the SEC East, and then the Big Ten West, and finally the Big Ten East. Then we make some college football playoff predictions. It was a ton of fun to record. We are really excited to hear what you guys think, so make sure to leave us your thoughts in the comments or send us a tweet at ThunderBLG. A couple housing notes. Matty D and I are recording our NFL preview podcast, dropping the AFC preview on Friday and the NFC on Monday. So you got to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, under the bullpen cart. That's what you need to search. Also find us on Instagram, Thunderblog Sports, just like the website, thunderblogsports.com, where you can find all of our great blogs. But here we go, guys. SEC, Big Ten, enjoy. Welcome to this episode of the Fun V Tailgate, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, with me, as he has been for every single one of our college football previews, the gracious host himself, Matty D! What's up, buddy? And you, t- you can taste it. Oh, yeah. It's right there. Tomorrow night. Actually, North- tonight, North- when you're listening to this, we're yes. recording this Wednesday night. Yes. Northwestern Purdue tomorrow night. Yep. All right, which we'll get to. It's This is it. The I'm going to football. a football game tomorrow night. Oh, my God. I'm going to the Delaware home opener. I love it. I That's love it. Awesome. Blue hen action for yeah. you. You know, I don't care about the preseason. I don't care about blue and white games. I don't care about, you know, spring games. Technically, we had it last week, but tomorrow's the real deal. You okay, but I know, I know, right? Hawaii. Yeah. Anyway, my, Hawaii. But, but but this is this is it. Like it's football's back. All right, I've been through some fantasy drafts in the NFL. Which pay attention because podcasts about the NFL are coming. Yep. All right, you'll see this is. But more importantly, the first weekend, and this I love that college does this. I love that they are a week before the NFL. Yeah. So that everyone can can really get into it week one. Oh yeah. And we've already talked about some matchups. In our previous pods, we're going to talk about a couple other great ones coming up here. Um, and we're going to do a little preview of the SEC. And the Big Ten. And the Big Ten. Starting with the SEC, yeah, Which So, uh, the SEC is is so higher above every other conference over the last ten years. Dominance. And it really has been dominance from top to bottom. We're yeah. obviously going to talk about the top. And there's one team that stands above which arguably has the greatest coach and, and getting close to the greatest dynasty ever seen in college football. Yep. Five of the last ten. We'll get there, though. I'm fired we'll get up. there very quickly. I'm fired up to talk about the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, a conference that contis- consistently produced some of the best NFL prospects ever. People forget. It's called the Southeastern Conference. That's right. They think it's the SEC. They don't know. They don't know. Some of the biggest football in the country, too, though. I mean, this yeah. is bread and butter, born and raised. Like You're talking about football. You're talking about the SEC, most likely. Yeah. So I mean, it's I'll also let... if you've ever been to a, a state that has an SEC football team in it, Virginia or uh, 
screwed that up. Georgia included. I don't know why Virginia popped into my head. Georgia included. They have Atlanta. Yeah. And that's either dogs, tech, granted they're the ACC. Whoever, though. It's life. It's life. Yeah. Nashville, they like the Titans, but it's Vanderbilt, or even more so, it's the Vols, Van- it's fucking right. Memphis. Oh, it's a way of life down there. Yeah, it's a way of life. People it's argue huge. that the, the, um, being the, the head coach at Alabama is, is the most powerful position in the state yeah. over governor. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's how important it is down there. This is what they do, uh, and, and we're better for it. Because Absolutely. what we're about to see this year, again, is just going to be another ridiculous season in the SEC. And we're going to talk about, which I think we both agree is the most loaded – you can argue with loaded division. We'll talk about a Big Ten division, but arguably the most loaded division in every any major conference. And we're going to start with the SEC West. West. Yep. And we're going to kind of walk through that with you. Yep. You'll know every team here. That's the other thing, right? We talk about some of these other conferences – there may be a team or two that you don't realize is in. Like these are the cream of the crop. SEC. Every team here has got big names, big name NFL players, big name prospects coming in. Uh, where where do we want to start in the SEC West, G? So if you have not listened to any of our other previews, we've done each division and we rank our teams from the top to bottom. We start with the big boys first and come down. Uh, that way, if we're running short on time or any, anything with the the lower names, not that they don't deserve to be you know highlighted, but the big guys need to be talked about first. You don't need to hear us talking about who we think is going to finish in seventh in the SEC West. You want to hear who we think is going to win the division. Then we say what we think our shots are winning the division or the conference are. We come back to it at the end. Talk a little bit Heisman, other possible awards, NFL draft, and obviously the college football playoff, which people forget two teams from the SEC made it last year. We might talk about if that's possible again. We might talk about when we get to the Big Ten. The possibility of them being left out again. A lot to talk about here, and I'm kind of glad we paired these two up. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get a, a guest on, and I think we're going to get him on for a regular season week. That's uh, kind of my bad. I was in Seattle last week, uh, so that kind of screwed me yeah, up. Right. It happens. It happens. Yeah, but let's jump right into it. SEC West, I think it's pretty safe to say we both are the same team at the top. You mentioned them. The Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> yeah. Loaded. Lost a bunch of guys. Loaded. Lost a bunch of guys on defense. They returned yes. seven starters on offense. A bunch offense. of offense. And now they lost a little bit of talent offensively, which I know we'll get to momentarily. Um, well, I'll get to right now. They lost Calvin Ridley, yeah. arguably arguably the best receiver in college football. Maybe not the best statistically, but one of the best high draft pick for the Falcons. Sure. Definitely nervous about him week one for the Eagles, which we'll get to. Henry Ruggs, though, he was a good. He caught a number of touchdowns. He got That's more true. touchdowns than Calvin That's Ridley. That's true. That's true. So he could, he could turn into a feature. No, I, I would agree with that statement. That's a good guy to bring up. Bo Scarborough. Is gone in the backfield. Now he never, he didn't necessarily smoke like you expected him to do when he came in in terms of being like a, an elite player, but he's still a high caliber back. Now you know what I know? It's crazy. Yeah, they're returning two running backs, or actually a running back and a quarterback that had more rushing yards than him. I know, and more tuck or Jalen Hurd's had the same number of touchdowns, yeah. but still tied or better. Yeah, well, let's talk about Damian Harris for a second. Yes. You, if you don't know Damian Harris, you need to know. You're going to know. Rising senior, which is weird, even not basketball, I mean, way weird, but even in college, a rising senior running back is strange because normally they go because of their longevity issues. He's arguably the best player in the SEC who would never get a headline. Yep. 1,000 yards past two seasons, 7 yards a carry, 11 touchdowns last year, no carries to split. Now, they have... Uber talented Najee Harris. Okay, different guy, Damian. Right, but 
this guy's going to be the starter, and I think he's going to have a big year this year. I think he's going to be a feature back. This is the kind of guy that gets drafted in the third or fourth round of the NFL and has a hyper-productive year. He's, he's really good offensively. Uh, I'm fired up to see him. Now, you mentioned the quarterback who rushed for more yards than Bo Scarborough. We've got, a, we've got arguably one of the greatest quarterback controversies quote unquote. in the history of not just college football, but football. Yeah. What are your thoughts yeah, I mean, so for those that don't know, Jalen Hurts or Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagliavilla. You got it right. I you got believe. it right. Yeah. If you didn't get it right, you can tell us all about it. Yeah, you can tell us in the yeah. comment section. But yeah, so for those that forget, Tua actually had a number of starts, but the most the big one that you're all going to remember is the national championship where he came in in the second half out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and tore it up. I mean, so yeah, you're right. These guys both. They come in, two as a sophomore. Hertz is a red is a junior, pure junior, let's say redshirt junior, but no. I mean they're both incredible. They can both run yeah. the, they can both run the ball. They can obviously hurl it. Jalen Hurts almost threw for three thousand yards and a team that featured a thousand yard rusher in Damian Harris, and Hertz himself almost rushed for a thousand yards. Right. So that much offense generated is incredible. And, I mean, we hear this from Alabama all the time. I mean, they have a combined seven losses over the last five years. Right. But their defense is usually what also carries them through a lot of this. And mm-hmm. they dominate and barrel over their opponents yeah. because of it. And it makes a more traditional run-the-ball, run-the-ball, run-the-ball offense. Because think about it. These two quarterbacks may be the best quarterbacks that we've seen in the entire Alabama dynasty. That's a good point. That's Think a good point. That. What's Greg McElroy doing? I know. Uh, what is... Uh, um, What's... Uh, AJ McCarron's probably McCarron. the best. And he might play. He's He has a broken right. collarbone. Right. Or no, it wasn't broken. It came back. The right. Well, came back sure negative. Nate Peterson we don't know how long he's going to play. Right. Mm-hmm. But... So, I mean, the... 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 Mag, the magnitude of this controversy is incredible. Yeah. And the season's about to start, so it's not like the loser leaves town and goes somewhere else. Yeah. Can't really do that. Mm-hmm. And I think you can with sure. transfer rules, but he'd have to go to like right. the yeah, FCS the, or something. Right. So which would be unfair. Yeah, now here's my here's what I would here's my take on it. If you're Nick Saban, the SEC is you're assuming you're gonna win it. No. By defense and offensive skill alone, right? If you jump so you you gotta think ahead. Who who's who? What quarterback gives me the best opportunity to win in the playoffs, the national championship game? Sure. And what you saw was Clemson, like they struggled, and Georgia, a great defense, hurts. He's doing the right thing. Saban's in a tough spot. Yeah. Because Jalen Hurts was the SEC freshman of the year. I believe it was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year last year, if I'm correct. I might be wrong so, on that. Yeah. So you can always, but he's a run-first quarterback. Very good guy, but run-first quarterback. Is he good enough to to beat Clemson at their full strength? Yeah. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State at their full strength. And on the flip Washington. Side, Go ahead. Tua is at five to one odds to win the Heisman. As a co-starter. As a co-starter. Is, that's amazing. I think, and there's not, look, Saban's stuck, okay? But I think Tua should be the starter. 
Yeah. But now, but now the only thing I've got to caveat that with is he had an amazing national championship. Yeah. I haven't paid too much attention to, and it's not like the preseason yeah. where you can get signs of it. Right. You just hear what they they're doing in practice. So if there isn't anything fully named one way or the other, it's tough to say. So that's why I'm kind of indifferent to picking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, he had a couple starts in 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 last year, but I mean, right. That's the one thing. He I, looked so good there, especially I, in that final play, the walk off of where it looked like he was going to get just eaten alive and no, comes I know, out of it. I know, and, and and it's college, not the NFL. So what I mean by that is, you know, the NFL there's flashing the pans all the time, yep. right? But in college, normally, if you look good one game, you're probably going to be the next. Maybe. I, I, the hard part is, I think if I'm him, you, you want both to be on the squad this year. It looks like both will be. No, oh, yeah. So that if you do start to and he struggles, you can move back to Jalen because Jalen seems to be at least you know what you've got there, right? Exactly. Like three years as a starter, but this is a guy that took away a lot of jobs as a freshman. At there the were very, at incumbents, the very least. incumbents that were more AJ McCarron like, and he and for the first time ever, Saban was like, I want a running quarterback yeah. like Hurts. He, he matched up against some of the best defenses in college football, right? Yep. But still, I, you know, we'll see what happens. I just uh, between Clemson and, and, and Georgia, I mean, he really went through the ringer there. Um, they did. Uh, by the way, they also lost uh, Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian. So they went through coordinators real quick there, and all of a sudden they've got a totally new offensive coordinator in, in the system. So something else to think of. Is Kiffin there last year? Is this his second year at Florida? I thought it was his, this is oh, this is his second year at yeah. Florida. He was they, he was yeah. at Florida last year, right? So that Sarkeesian, and then they brought in a guy from the Patriots, I believe, who was like a no name tight end coach. Um, let me take a look. Let me take a look. Yeah. Uh, my little uh, research is not about the Mike, coordinators. Mike Loxley. Okay. Yeah, but wait, wait, wait. i got to take a look at this here. No, no, no. He, so they fired. Okay, Mike. wait, wait. Time out. They fired their previous guy, I believe, who was the guy from the tight end coach. Tight end coach. But he, this is the guy who was a former um, interim coach at Maryland, head coach at Maryland. He's been with the squad since 2016. You know, you, you do know that. Saban just pumps out assistant coaches, right? Like on a very consistent basis. Yep. So, um, you know, you have to think about that when you're when you're making your. So that's the one thing they were talking about, by the way, with Saban, right? Most great head coaches in college football lose a few assistants and struggle. He just continually makes new ones that are incredible. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how the offense does this year. Um, offensive line, they've got a guy on the offensive line. Oh my God, he's going to be a high pick, high pick. Example come to me, but they're they're reloading. Ross Pershenbacher. You know, no, no, that's not it. That's, that's not their it. center. That's Matt Womack. It. It, oh, that sounds right. That sounds right. Womack sounds correct to me. Yeah. That sounds right. Anyway, they've got another elite offensive lineman. <laughs> like they always do. Like they always do. But let's talk about their defense real quick. And we're gonna we're gonna hang on them a little bit longer than most other teams in the SEC because yeah. they are Alabama. That's yeah, Alabama. Five of the last ten national championships reside in Tuscaloosa. Like they're as good as it gets and in college football. Seven of the last ten featured them. That's correct, right? Is it right. seven? I believe it's yeah, seven. Yeah, because they lost in the semifinal that one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, let's the, the second the, the entire defense got drafted. Yeah. <laughs> right. Both safeties. I think two of the the two corners got drafted. Two of the three linebackers. Three or four of the defensive linemen. I mean, this entire linebacker, like this entire group, got wrecked apart. Yeah, they returned both DNs. And a what they refer to as a J linebacker. So is that a? I think it's a Jack linebacker. Yeah. What, what is that? I think he's I, yeah, like I think almost he, like a. I think he shifts around. Like a three. Well, like do you know who it was four. that they lost? Well, it's an, it's Anford 
Anthony Jennings Jr. is the J linebacker. This year. Every this year. He's a returner. Well, they, they, they had some injury issues last year. So they, they basically played like seven linebackers last year throughout the season. But they've got some really talented ones coming back. I mean, that I can't, you know, I can't deny there. Um, I think the secondary, though, is the biggest problem. So both corners and the top two safeties are gone. Headlined by Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the brightest stars ever to play in the defensive backfield for Nick Saban, who creates incredible defensive players, especially defensive backs. No. They, they're not necessarily great in the pros, but they always get drafted. He seems like a really heady, really smart guy. I have a feeling Raquan Davis is going to be probably not a high draft pick, but whoever picks him up, like a second or third rounder, he's going to be – this guy is 6'7", 306, mm-hmm. headed – 69 tackles last year. Nice. Yep. One and a half sacks. And eight, or no, eight and a half sacks. Yeah, excuse yeah. me. One and a half tackles for loss. He's I mean, a mega athlete. Now we, 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 now, we heard a little bit about Mel Kuyper's big board. Yep. And we'll talk about some guys later. But you got, Raekwon Davis is the kind of guy that if his motor stays high and he has a great year, is going to vault to top five. You think so? You, you think you're six, seven, three, fifteen, and you can play anywhere on the defensive line. You've got those kind of numbers. No. If you, yes. That's how talented he is. Doesn't mean he's going to get there because you play at Alabama. No. One of the problems at Alabama is you got 11 defensive starters. No. And there's really like 17 guys who are probably draftable on the roster on defense alone. But I'm. I mean, rotating the defensive lines worked out for some defenses. That's, I mean, that's it, it, true. Might win, it wins and that's, championships. Well, that's what this team does. They rotate. That's what they do. It's they, not picking up that I'm talking about the Eagles. Oh, oh I missed it. No. I missed it. It's okay. We'll get there. College we'll get pod. there. College yep. pod. Keep um, continuing. And then. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of different guys coming in and out. You're going to hear names like Johnny Dwight. Uh, this is a great name. Ready? Phil Darian Mathis. Uh, Kenan Williams. There's just a ton of guys they've got. Now, some great – you talked about uh, Jennings. We've got Christian Miller and Terrell Lewis coming back. Injuries all, all last year. Isaiah all last Bugs. Year. Coming back too. Isaiah yeah, Bugs. Bugs. Yeah, he can be a great defensive tackle. For them, this is a team that's going to reload like we always expect them to. There's going to be a couple guys you've never heard of that blow up right early on. Yep. Um, actually, I want to tell you about they're probably they're, – if you're Nick Saban, this is what's going to keep you up at night. Special teams. Their place kicker and Ray Guy finalist punter, J.K. Scott, are gone. So they were going to have to bring in a new kicker, a new punter. Now, if you're just a middling so team – You want to know what their punter's name is? Go ahead. Skylar DeLong. I mean, you got, you got all the names. How great of a names. punter's name is yes. that? If you take away the lure and the death, you got Skylong. Skylar. Punts Terrible that go joke. Long. Terrible joke. Yeah, so, I mean, he was one of the top punters last year. As is their cornerback, Trayvon, Davis, or Trayvon Diggs, is he Stephon Diggs' brother? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Anyway, you finish, please. No, I was going to say, that's something that keeps you up at night. We've seen teams, you know, no one talks about the kickers in college football and the punters. They're a big deal. If you don't have a strong kicker, it changes your whole game plan. You're at the forty yard, you're at the thirty yard line of the opposing of the opposing team. It's fourth and eight. You've got to go for it because you don't trust your kicker. So, not having a great kicker is something that keeps an elite team. Like he is Stefan Diggs' brother. Is he? Yeah. Really? Trayvon Damn. Diggs. Damn. It's the uh, little the little title that it has when wow. you Google. Them. So let's talk about their their schedule real quick. Yep. Yeah. So their schedule. They're the. They tried to schedule a hard home opener. They did. Didn't work out. Well, it's a it's that neutral site game where they play. They always do this in the college football playoff era. They play neutral site at the site of the national cha- national championship game. This year it's in Orlando, uh, so they're playing Louisville, which is what you were talking about. 
I mean, up until this year, really, that was a good home open or right. a good opening right. weekend. Yeah, and these things are scheduled in advance, but they don't have the normal. They usually open against like last year, Florida State. They usually Michigan was a couple years back. They yeah. usually open up against a prime time team. Really, not going to get tested until you could argue week three at Old Miss. That's got to be week three and week four at Old Miss in versus home T- T- uh, Texas A and M. Just because that's going to be their first real challenge of the season, right? You walk in Ole Miss with Ole Miss has players. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think the games you got to circle. They visit Louisville late in the year. You mean LSU? LSU, excuse me. Yeah. At the, at the first week of November, the second week of November, they go right to Mississippi State. Not at their it's home, but like you play Miss, who we're yeah. going to talk about. And then obviously they end in one of the greatest rivalries in college football, second best. I can't give them number one. The Iron Bowl. The Iron. Number nine Auburn, who we'll talk about shortly. Yes, I would tell you it's all going to come down to the last four weeks of the season. Yeah, that to me is when they're going to play. I guess is when they're going to find out if this, if this team is they, as legitimate as they, they they skip Georgia this year, which definitely helps them out. So to me, that's it. Those the, you got three of the last four games are against ranked teams currently. That's going to decide their entire yeah if they're going to the playoff or not. Your expectation is they'll be undefeated coming into it November third. Uh, November third visiting. Death Valley, in what should be a control in the in the Gold Tiger, probably go, 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 game day, go, 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 go. Probably definitely game, game day, day. Yeah. definitely game day. So that's a legitimate week right there, legitimate week. Let's so, do. Let's speaking of game day, should we try to over under how many game days they'll have? Well, you gotta. You, I would expect mm, LSU and Auburn are locks. I would assume Saturday is as well. In Orlando, that's the ABC Louisville. game. And let's, I, I, mean, I don't I, think they're going. To, they're not they going to go to the game. They're not going to Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't think they, they get be, more than three. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I guess you have to kind of look at the rest of the slate. Right. All right. So I, I think dumb, I, dumb game. That's idea. all right, but it's but an inter- it but it's interesting. interesting I'm not poo-pooing you 100 percent there. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Let's move on to Auburn. Yeah. So we suck with Alabama for a while. Yeah. But when you're the again the number one team in the ma- the nation, they've you they've talk earned about that right. Yep. They've got 42 votes in the AP poll, 61 in the coaches poll. Yeah. By the way, 61. They were short by four votes, just to make sure everyone's clear. Yep. So, wow, head and shoulders above everybody else. Anyway, Pretty crazy. So Auburn, Auburn, I'm assuming we again. I'm assuming we're both heading them two. They are. They're yeah. two for me. Mm-hmm. Auburn returns six offensive players, seven defensive players on one of the better defenses in the SEC, all things considered, especially if you remove Alabama. Um, their offense, I mean, they return their quarterback. They return Jared Stindham. That's a big name. A big name. And the SEC isn't necessarily used to having big names. As at, at, he's a Heisman candidate. Yep. That good. Yep. Where did he come from? Uh, the Baylor Bears. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, from Baylor. Um, yeah, and then they return their entire receiving core, which is huge. They and do, they return... They're going to miss Kyrion Johnson. Yeah, they're going mi- to miss him. The one thing that concerns me a little bit is one offensive lineman returning, which, you know, again... In the SEC. And the SEC is huge. And that's one thing to, to be afraid of. But on the flip side, they return basically their entire defensive line. Right. And oh, most really? of their linebacking core. Oh, this seems to be a great defense. Yeah. Underratedly great defensive team, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, last year they let up a grand total of 18.5 points per game, 319 yards per game, 137 on rush, 182 in the air. That's pretty nuts. That's wild. Pretty fucking wild. They had 37 sacks as a team, and they return all their sack leaders. 
except for Trey Matthews, who had one. But it was a very big spread the wealth in terms of who sacked the quarterback, which is huge. Humongous. Yeah. Deshaun Davis is going to be a stud. Um, he's he's big time there. Um, and line, the Sean Davis is a middle linebacker. That linebacker, yep. Borg, excuse me. I did not, definitely did not clarify that. Yeah. Um, here's – I can't agree more that the offensive line is, is just a huge issue. That's a huge it's question a mark. It's a huge question mark. Um, and they've kind of had some some blunders in recent years. I don't think Malzahn's on the hot seat. But I think he's got some – He's a he's bad a, bowl game coach. I know, right. He's like Saban pre-college football playoff. Yeah. If he didn't make the national championship game – Saban just didn't care, but Malzahn has won one bowl game, the Birmingham Bowl versus Memphis, in January 2016. He lost the national championship game to Jameis Winston, lost the next year in overtime in a very good Outback Bowl, but lost to Wisconsin. Still lost, right. At the highest, but the highest level, that's all that matters, right? exactly. He's made these New Year's Six Bowls. I don't think the Outback Bowl counts as that, but it's still a marquee matchup. Mm -hmm. And it, played, it was played on New Year's Day, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Sugar Bowl, lost to Oklahoma. Peach Bowl last year, lost to UCF. A game that they were favored by 10 points in. And they should... Like, UCF, all credit to them and what they and what they did last year and, and all that good stuff. But still, if you're a 10-point favorite to a team that everybody's doubting and, and it's your... I get, like, the pressure to, to put up or shut up probably yeah. kind of shot you, but... He's one and four in bolts. It's kind of kind of ridiculous. No, I know, and that's a big deal. Um, well, I think we want to quickly touch on. I don't want to just brush over Jared Stidham because I he's in the SEC. He's kind of rare in terms of being on a great team. So the SEC produces quarterbacks on the lesser of the teams. Yeah, it seems like he's a vertical passing guy. Now Cam Newton and Nick Marshall, their last two main quarterbacks, weren't really vertical passing guys. Stidham is. He he can play. He had a completion percentage of 66% and threw for 3,100 yards. And he can get you down the field. Yeah. Uh, now, by the way, do you know they have – they're one of two teams over the last nine seasons to have a 1,000-yard rusher. Can you name the other team? Because I could, and I had to look it up. Say that again? They're one of two teams in FBS to have every year for nine years have one, a 1,000-yard rusher on their roster. The other San Diego State? Nope. But you're in the right conference, I think. Who is it? Boise State. Oh, it blew me away. I didn't know that as a fact. Wow. I was, I know, I, it was a strange fact to know. Anyway, I think they have they have the best defense in the SEC. I'm going to say that right now with, with Auburn. I think they do. I think they're close. Alabama's close. I think Georgia's close. But I think they have the best defense. It's all think about so. To me, it's all about the offensive line, and we're going to learn a lot right away. Did they play Washington Week Saturday one. night or Saturday afternoon? Three thirty p.m. 3:30, Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Big game. Big, big game. Yep. Uh, the line I'm seeing right now is Auburn by two points. It's in Atlanta. It's the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Yeah. Um, which really, I mean, it's just in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we talked about Washington in the Pac-12 podcast. And that's going to be interesting. I mean, I think it's a good test of a good defense versus a very good quarterback in Washington's Jake Browning. And I think – it's a good test for their defensive line to rush him and see what they can do and if they can kind of shut down that offense and then see if you can give Stindham some time to, to really open things up. 
I mean, the over-under set at 49, so that's seven touchdowns. Big game. Big yeah. game there. Um, yeah, maybe we try to – we're going to the Phillies game on Saturday, but maybe we try to get together and watch that. We'll have a discussion here. We'll have a discussion, yeah. yeah. Off-air, off-air. What I would say is this: they have a tougher schedule than Alabama. Here's why. They play LSU week three. Now, that's at home, but it's still a ranked team. They have to go to Mississippi State. They go to Ole Miss. Then they have a tough stretch. Last three weeks of the season, they play at Georgia and then at Alabama. They host Liberty. I know, but here... <laughs> hey, they're that at late SC, now. I, uh, that's true, but the late, yeah. that late SEC cupcake game is involved. Here's the thing, though. This is why I don't have them beating Alabama. Because they've got to go on the road against the two best other, the two other two best teams in the SEC at, at uh, Georgia, at Alabama. I don't, they lose week one. They it, could be. It could affect their they could be eight coaching. and four. They absolutely could be. They could lose to they Mississippi. Could play in the, they could right. play in the Birmingham Bowl right. again or the they're, Music City Bowl. They're really those talented. They're just they're random just, December 20s right. games. Right. They're just getting a little unlucky with, yeah. excuse me, with the, sorry about that, with the yeah. at games. Yeah. Uh, yeah their road right. schedule is it's maybe tough. the toughest in the SEC. It's tough. Yeah. Now, so we, we, everyone's pretty set on the top two teams in the SEC. Okay. West. Who do you got at number three? So... There's two teams that I'm debating between or had been debating between. They both have first-year coaches. I'm going to go with Mississippi State because they return more players. I know that sounds kind of randomly arbitrary, but I like what they have coming back with Nick Nick Fitzgerald at quarterback. They return their running back in Aries Williams, who rushed for 1,000 yards, and Nick Fitzgerald rushed for nearly 1,000 yards. He just... Lost a number of yards from sacks and whatnot. His gross, if you will, was was over a thousand. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they returned their their receivers too. I mean, Fitzgerald guy threw for seventeen hundred yards and rushed for almost a thousand yards. So he's a dual threat QB and, and can really get some stuff done there. But they returned their almost their entire offensive line, which is big. And I mean, they have their tight end. Um, his name is Farad Green. And, you know, he's more – it looks like he's more of a blocking tight end, which just add another guy up there for right. a very run-heavy team. Defensively, again, they return a ton in the front seven. They return both of their safeties, which that's good knowing how to play, especially in the same conference when and hosting an Auburn team that we just talked about. Um, and I think they could quite possibly be undefeated going into that game. Yeah. Their at-Kentucky matchup – could be a trap game, and we'll get to the Wildcats in a bit. But other than that, I mean, they go to LSU. They host Texas A&M, which I'm sure we're about to talk about, mm-hmm. at Alabama. But then, I mean, I could see them having like a 9-3 and record. Yeah. Being better than – being ahead of Auburn yeah. record-wise, despite oh. being talent-wise well, a lesser team. Right. Yeah. Well, the guys you need to know about, we talked about Nick Fitzgerald. He spent it for the first game of the year, by the way, due to a rules violation. But oh, you're right. Playing, they're yeah, playing right. SFA. Stephen F. Austin, they'll be fine. Jeffrey uh, Simmons and Montez Sweat are their two defensive tackles. They may be – they would start at Alabama. And these guys are going to be hyper-disruptive. And they're going to cause problems. This is – having them in the fold gives this team a chance. They combined for over 15 sacks last year. Those two guys in the middle have a chance to be to make this defense three or fourth, third or fourth in the SEC. That's how good they are. That's so insane. I, to me, if you look at those two alone, you've got to be, oh, my God, concerned if you're playing that. And so that that's really where I'm coming from there. 
I really like this Mississippi State team. I get, you know, I would, I wouldn't put, I would, I don't know if I'd bet money on it. But if you told me, oh, by the way, they might be in the, um, maybe number two in the SEC West, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. They're a really talented offensive, a defensive football team. And anytime you have a great quarterback in the SEC, you might be able to make it work. Yeah. I have them head and shoulders over Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Okay. I do. I do. And, and, and we'll get to Texas A&M momentarily. I just don't think that Texas A&M has enough. Um, I just like Jimbo a lot. That's why I was debating it. No, and I do too. I just think year one. Here's the thing. They, they play. So Mississippi State plays at Kansas State. They play at. And then they don't really play anybody until the sixth, as we talked about, right? They, go, they play Auburn. They're at LSU, at Alabama. This is a team that easily has two or three losses at the year, and I, th- I think they have a chance at a, a big a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't think they make the playoff, but I think they have a chance. Yeah. Um, now, do you so do you put Texas A and M? I do have Texas A and M as fourth. Okay. And just to let you know, Matt, if you wanted to bet on Mississippi State, we don't have a website to sponsor us. So I'm not going to give any free ads, but the site that I use has them at plus twelve hundred. So bet up, bet one hundred, you win one thousand two hundred. Bet ten bucks, you win one hundred and twenty bucks. But anyway, yeah, I have AM fourth. Do you have them fourth or I do don't. you have? Who do you I have don't. fourth? Let's I, I have LSU. You, oh, yeah. Well, Coach no, no. I get why you took out uh, Texas AM. I'm a big Jimbo Fisher guy, and I think he's going to yeah. turn that program around. I think the problem is they're just, there's just not a lot of guys there right now. Like, it concerns me. There's just not a ton of guys. Um, he returns m- most of his defense. Though. I know, but the defense has never really been good. I guess so, but and he's he, the kind of guy that could turn it around. He so. has guys that that have his three guys that are over five sacks. Yep. And granted, some of their de- some of their the rest of their defensive line still has to start. But one of the guys who had five sacks and over a hundred tackles is one of their t- is one of their linebackers. Yeah, like. I think there's so much value into that and the fact they return, again, four of their five offensive linemen and their starting quarterback and their running back. Granted, they didn't have much of a run game last year, but that's kind of that was kind of the way un, under um, their former coach, whose name is now blanking on me, who moved to Arizona – who moved to Arizona. Kevin uh, Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin, thank you. Um, geez, brain fart there. But, yeah, the Aggies, I just think – Having a guy like Jimbo who has had the experiences that he has had jumping into, you know, with everything at Florida State, and a defense that was solid enough last year that I think can improve. Granted, their offense is a big question, and I think LSU's offense could eclipse them. But if that defense stays that solid, I think they could make some noise. And their home schedule is pretty nice as well. Yeah. No, I mean, I get that. My concern is, like, uh, so Kellen Mond's going to be the starter there. I just don't know. I just don't know if if they have enough this year because Jimbo really didn't get to recruit a lot, yeah. you know? He's just Work coming in. Work progress in. then for yeah, you. Yeah, my other concern is are they going to get beat down early, all right? So they play Clemson week two. Okay, yikes. Right, Alabama week at four. Alabama week four. You could have two early losses, and they could be blowout losses early. Now all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the season, you go at Mississippi State, at Auburn, back-to-back. That's just tough. So when I look at their schedule, the reason I, I, I get tentative is this is a team that could potentially get a little beat up early on, and, and you know, where are they going to be after that? So I'm not – I'm really high on, on on this program in two years from now, just not particularly high You've on them. futures on them. Right, right. I'm, I'm all uh, – LSU to me, 
They have more defensive questions than you think, but Dave uh, Aranda is their defensive coordinator. He might be one of the best in the country, okay? He makes things work. Um, so we'll see what happens there. There's a lot of guys I like. Devin White is a guy I really like for them. Um, so I, I think they could be a really good team, in my opinion. Uh, not a good team, uh, the fourth best team in the SEC West. Okay. So you have LSU fourth. And then I have Texas A&M fifth. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm locked in on those two. Yeah, locked so I, re- I do really like LSU. I like what Coach O's doing, Ed O'Geron, and what he's been able to build. Um, for me... By the way, Devin White, 133 tackles last year. Damn. 13.5 for a loss. So I'm just going to let you know, this guy can... Yeah, I mean, this guy's good. He can play. He's a Buckus Award candidate. Yeah, he's a linebacker. Right, linebacker. Yep. Yeah. So, Dick Buckus. Yeah. Uh, but, I, yeah, I mean... Their defense, that's a Coach O thing. He's a great guy. Um, I mean, playing Miami, Sunday night in Dallas. They got at Auburn. So they got a, they got an opening schedule that's going to be fun. Um, they play Florida in the middle of October or the beginning of October. They host Alabama, which I think is huge. Yeah. And granted, in terms of names that you might have heard, they don't return a ton of them. Because of you know who's just who's going to be starting on their right. team, but I mean offensively I should say, but their defense is enough star power that that could carry them. The offense, if questions, is what had me put them at fifth. But I I mean this is a pretty loaded division in general, so I think aside from the cannibalism of having to play Auburn, having to play up Alabama, um, having to play Mississippi State, Texas A and M, whoever that could. Really, that I think that three through five can, you know, go any which way, topsy turvy. Right. Especially with having Texas A&M and LSU in the last week of the season, could prove one of us right. Yeah. In terms of who's no, fourth, I get you. or even who's third, yeah. who's ahead of who. I do think the next two spots are relatively easy to discuss here. Yeah. Um, I have a very talented. I mean, talented like two top ten prospects, Ole Miss Rebels. Okay. Hanging out there. A.J. Brown, their wide receiver, is arguably the best wide receiver currently on draft boards. Something to think about. Uh, and they've got a great offensive lineman whose names will come to me, sh- come, whose name will come to me momentarily. Um, so, I, you know, they're a really talented team. I just don't think they have enough. Who's their quarterback? They've got a lot of yeah. questions um, with the Rebels. And Greg Little is another one too. Yes, the D lineman. Yes, or the O line. O lineman. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Greg Little. Yeah. Yep. By the way, A.J. Brown, he's a junior, 6'1", 230. Uh, big deal there. 1,252 yards and 11 touchdowns in the SEC last year. Yep. He's a big stud. Uh, but once again, the rest of this team I'm not 100% convinced on. Yeah, I actually have them sixth as well. Yeah. As much as uh, Arkansas has going for them and returning 17 starters, so nine on the offensive side and eight on the other. They have Chad Morris as their new head coach who previously came from SMU, did a pretty good job of turning their program around. So he definitely can bring a lot of positivity to this program. I think just it's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, if they can make something happen and kind of and push pretty early, I mean, maybe they make some noise and edge themselves against Ole Miss. I mean, they play them the in the middle of October. The town's, right, Arizona, yeah. the town's there, right? Exactly. The town's there. I mean – We'll see what happens with them, uh, but I mean, six and seven, Matt. It's just you can flip them pretty easily. 
crazily enough, I mean, they find themselves in these random, or not even random, just these ups and downs of where they have and haven't been. Two years ago, they played Virginia Tech in the Belk Bowl, despite being a six, a six and six team, or yes, uh, no, seven and five team. So, you know, we'll see what they do, but I mean, it can go pretty quickly with the Razorbacks and everything in Fayetteville. And then with Ole Miss, you know, I think they have a guy that's already established himself in Matt Luke, having, you know, being in his second year, he returns a ton of guys, 15, eight offense or eight guys on offense, I almost said offensemen versus defensemen. Eight offense, seven guys on defense. I like their schedule, too. They play Texas Tech this weekend. They host Alabama, which could be a sneakily Early in the year, you never game. know. We right? mentioned Early that in the year, before. Because there could still these... be a quarterback controversy exactly. down there. Exactly. And it could be something that if – just like when they first came out of nowhere a couple of years ago, I mean – that team, when they beat Alabama, was pretty good in 2014. They were ranked number 11, but still, it was something that you thought they were going to get they were going to get smoked by, even though they were a four point underdog. I'm looking at the line now and thinking about that; it's kind of crazy. But having said all of that, you still thought Alabama would roll over them. Oh yeah, I did. I mean, I think next when Nick Saban does the best, he gets them up. Exactly. But regardless, they play them week three. That has to be one of those. Rivalries that the SEC just tries to set because they always play them pretty early in the year. But having that at the Grove is game changing, and they really don't have to, you know, really have a tough road schedule aside from at LSU, at at Arkansas. But it's not in Fayetteville; it's in Little Rock. Ah, there you go. Yeah, so it's I mean it's technically an away game because yeah. they play some the Razorbacks play some of their games there, but not their home stadium. Uh, granted, the entire state of Arkansas rallies around the Razorbacks, <laughs> so technically right. home enough for them. At what? Texas A&M and at Vanderbilt, which Vanderbilt we'll get to, but yeah. not, not a tough opponent. It's definitely a – they're definitely – they weren't that long ago. Darren McFadden. Yeah. Um, this is a team that, that was had some I'm really sorry, good years. Ole Miss's schedule. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Darren I'm sorry. I, yeah, you said Arizona, Arkansas anyway. No, I'm no, just kind of – Interchanging them. No, you're right. That's no. kind of how you can figure yeah. out them. But yeah. Let's move over. East SEC Division. East. Can we agree this is the weaker of the two divisions? Absolutely. Top top dog, no. But everything below that, yes. Yes. So let's just get the top dog out of the way. The Georgia Bulldogs. Do they have a future number one overall pick standing under center? Jake Fromm? Possibly. Can't come out this year. This guy looks – he made Eason transfer. Yeah. From last year, if you watched him in, in the college football playoff, you saw a quarterback who came up to the line under center and did a lot of really good things. If you're an NFL scout or a prospect, you're you're salivating at the opportunity to get your hands on a guy like Fromm because he can flat-out play. What's wild is that this team lost two high draft picks. One first round, one second round was Nick Chubb? Yeah, I think it was the second rounder. And they may have the best of the of those. They may have a better running back on on the roster. Who DeAndre Swift? This guy. That looks, guy was again. If you saw him in the college football playoff, you know what we're talking this about. This guy can this play. This guy play. Is fun right. to watch. Right. So you're talking about an offense that returns a guy like DeAndre Swift, and if you got to be nervous, if you're a if you're watching this team, he can flat out play. You've got a great quarterback. You've got an experienced offensive line. Um, I think they're the best team by far. 
mostly because of Tennessee and Florida rebuilding. South Carolina and Missouri, who we'll get to, but really they're just by far head and shoulders above everybody else, and it's good to see. It's good to see. Um, Kirby Smart's doing good things there. One of yes. the, yeah, I mean, really, really good things. So yes. I'm pretty excited to see um, what's going to happen. But by the way, they had 31 seniors last year. Holy shit! Yeah, I know. Shit. And they were close though. They, they were, were close. close. They I do. Mean, they do lose a lot of talent defensively. I still um, like their defense. Though. Yeah, their defense has five returning starters, but they return some of the more crucial guys. Granted, they lost Roquan Smith, guy who had 135 tackles, six sacks. Tough to replace that, but they replace guys in each of the different cores and off or defensive line, linebacker, cornerbacks, and safeties that can help to provide some leadership. Mm-hmm. On there, and, and you know, I really – I like their defense a lot. I don't know if it's enough to once again win the SEC because Alabama doesn't have to play them once. So yeah. Alabama can come in and be fresh enough. And they host Auburn, which I think is huge. And I think that helps them without having to play Auburn a second time, just like last year. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how it all goes for the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, they – Host Austin PV, cakewalk. Go to South Carolina. We'll talk about it in a second. Middle Tennessee at home, cakewalk. At Missouri, just it's an away game. Host Tennessee, they're rebuilding. Host Vanderbilt, don't even really need to talk about. At LSU, big, big game. If Coach O pulls something like this off, I mean, it's, a, it's yeah. two coaches – that are in their third years with their respective schools, that can, you know, it's almost a statement game there. October 13th, circle it there. Then, after a bye week, they play Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville, Florida. Amazing We have to make it down to that game. That would be amazing. I would love to do a little tour down there. Yeah, a little tour. Uh, At Kentucky, and then they're home for their final three games. Yeah. They finish SEC play on November 10th. So either they clinch something, yeah, or they have to do a little watching yeah. was, of the you know watching scoreboard. A couple things thing on Terry Godwin is back a wide receiver as well as Riley Ridley, who is the younger brother of Calvin Ridley. From Interesting, Alabama. right? A couple things to think on though. This is the we've talked about how many starters they've lost. There's also another thing happening here. Like we talked about a little bit about Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant in, in Clemson. Okay. Georgia signed the number two overall quarterback prospect, number two, number two overall prospect, guy named Justin Fields, who okay. is being compared to a Deshaun Watson. The expectation is that as good as I just talked up from, who I believe should be the starter, period, this guy's going to get some playing time as a true freshman. Um,. He apparently looks the part. Okay. That sounds like a good thing. But in this case, is Kirby Smart equipped enough to – this is a third year at at Athens. Is he equipped enough to be able to handle a quarterback controversy? See, like you talk about Clemson, you talk about Alabama, you talk about really established coaches who can handle a big-time quarterback controversy. I hope he can. To me, Jake Fromm deserves the starting role. He played so well last year, he deserves it. Okay. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So, 
They've got a lot of. They've got a, so much to replace on defense, and I, that's maybe what keeps them out of it this year. But I think they're a lock for the SEC title game. Do you yeah. disagree? No, I, I agree. They're definitely a lock for the for the SEC championship. I mean, they really have to slip up. Yeah. And one of the teams that we're going to talk about would have to really go on do a something run. wild, right? But I mean, they'd have to lose to LSU. They'd have to lose to Auburn, and that's really about it in terms of who would help them from stumbling to getting into the championship game. And remember, both of those teams are in the other division. So head-to-head, they would have beaten all of their in-division opponents. Yeah. So they'd have to lose a third game as well, and someone like South Carolina would have to go on a run. Yeah. And be... I I would say it might come... Their opportunity to be undefeated may come down to Auburn. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, because Georgia Tech's not the team they were. Now, once again, you know this is a young team, and your concern with the young team is: do they slip up once? Yeah. Do, does a Georgia Tech upset them? Does a Florida, LSU, Tennessee, Missouri? Does somebody upset them? Even but, South Carolina. I mean, look at Ohio State last that's year. That's true. That's true. In week two, hosting yeah. Oklahoma, mm-hmm. it looked like it should be a cakewalk, and Baker Mayfield comes in there and tears them up. Right. I mean, I, I love this team. Yeah, I'm, I'm I like higher them a lot on them too. than some of the people are. I'm like, I'm talking like college football playoff higher. Maybe not, but I'm saying that's how good I think they could be. We'll get to that at the end of the podcast. I know. So we will. I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. Who do you have number two here? This is like the hardest. <laughs> I'm very this interested. Is difficult. This. I'm gonna go Gamecocks. Are you? Because I just think everybody else is just your normal powerhouses: Tennessee and Florida are just total rebuild at the moment. Yeah, I mean, every other team in this division is either rebuilding, and granted, they all had decent records last year, but either they lost a lot of starters, they're traditionally not that powerful of a team, their record kind of fooled them. Kentucky's really one of the only ones that has like has the prospects to really be thrown up there. Florida could be, but I, I, I don't think so. A lot of people have Missouri high up because of them having so many... Uh, Returners. Uh, Drew Locke looks like a potential first overall pick good yeah. at quarterback. I mean, he's, he's being talked about as a top three quarterback. So, but, so on, I also have South Carolina. I think just they also return a lot of guys. But Will, Will, Will Muschamp is done coming to South Carolina. has been incredible. Granted, he, you know, he misses the, the bowl, bowl season in his first year. <laughs> Comes into it. Loses a game. Then last year he comes in, is down, what, 10 points, 14 points to Michigan? And rallies the boys back through this bowl game. I mean, but seriously, though, like, he has a good shot at making some noise here. And once again, winning nine, possibly 10 games, although that would be tough. But I think the real issue with the rest of the division, and South Carolina kind of epitomizes this. Is that they're just there's either youth, there's some glaring weakness that puts them at least a step below Georgia. Yeah, I agree that. And I think prevents them from being say they were to come up South Carolina I think has the best chance to have a run to the SEC championship over over Georgia. They have to win week two. Then the rest of their schedule, granted, is not that hard in the SEC. They have to go to Vandy. They have to go to Kentucky. That's a tough one. Host Missouri, host Tennessee, and at Florida. 
All right, and at Mississippi as well. So they probably lose to Miss. Uh, no, actually, they probably beat Mississippi. That's tough. It's at, it's at the Grove. So they need to go. They need to beat Georgia, and they probably need to have one other. They need to have one loss. Yeah. Maybe one other loss. And you need to hope Georgia slips up against a couple of the teams in the West. So they have a shot at it. They're a popular pick as a sleeper team, right? But I'm not. I'm not thinking that they have that kind of potential. Yeah. of making a serious run to a New Year's Six bowl. Here's what I would say, though. Well, we we, we uh, Debo Samuel is, if he's healthy, is one of the is one of the best wide receivers in all of college football. This guy can do it all. Sure. But if Jake Bentley, a budding quarterback star, if he can show up here at all, that's he's when gotta you, hold on to the football. I I know. Your, your expectation is he's coming back because you get smarter as you get older, right? Sure. That's the normal thing. I, I think that's their, their opportunity. He's got to step up. Though. If he doesn't step up, you're right. It's not. It's over. It, it, this team is going to be second in the SEC and they're uh, uh, East, and they're not going to be able to even challenge Georgia. The problem is it's hard for them. They play Georgia week two. Yep. That just kind of sucks a little bit for them, you know, to not be able to kind of grow into themselves. But you lose to Georgia week two, and then you run the table potentially – play Clemson late in the year, but, I mean, you might be looking at a team that comes into Clemson with one loss, and all of a sudden you're talking about a top-ten team that's actually talking about the college football playoff. But I, I think there's enough cannibalism in the SEC East that doesn't happen. So who do you have? Do you have them second, or did you have them different? Who, South Carolina? I have them second. Who do you have third? So that's a really interesting question. Very loaded. I'm going to go with Kentucky. I, I, it's not who I have third, but I absolutely love the pick. Yeah. So I, I really like what they have in terms of talent. And I think they're a risky pick to throw there because they have to go to Florida, another team that's up there for third at least. Yeah. To Texas A&M, to Missouri, another team that could be in the mix. In the mix. Um, to Tennessee. I mean, they're rebuilding, but... It's... Interesting where they're at with Mark Stoops as their head coach, but they have guys. They have Benny Snell, their running back. He's a good player. He's going to be a really good yeah. player for them, and I think he's up there for not necessarily offensive player of the year because we have so many ta- right. talented guys in the West. But I think for maybe first team SEC, maybe he's, he's a, oh, an he all American oh, yeah. threat. I, I think he definitely has the opportunity. Yeah, he could be an all American. I can play. Yeah. And the issue is, is that how do they build their offense around him? Yeah, their quarterback. You know, that's going to be interesting how they play that. They're, They've got some good wideouts, though. Yeah, the receiving core is not bad, which is which I really like. And they return a lot of guys on defense. Calvin Richardson can play. Yeah, yes, he can. Calvin Richardson is wide is a junior wide receiver for them. Dorian they, Baker coming yeah. back after missing a year last year. I mean, I just said there's definitely guys here that can do a little bit. Sure, and just and similarly to just playing that rough and tumble style with a big running back, they use C.J. Conrad, their tight end, very well in the red zone. He had four, yeah, four touchdowns last year. So we'll see how they go. Uh, they've made the they've made bowl season the last couple of years. So they're they're definitely on the up and up. It's not a program you hear a ton about. Um, I like their defense a ton, though. I think their defense is a chance to not necessarily run anybody over, but I think they're good enough to make some noise. They are. Oh, yeah. Against a quality opponent. Talk about Kentucky, host, which is wild to say. Exactly. <laughs> they host Georgia yep. late November 3rd, and they host South Carolina, too, at the end of September. I think one of those games, they might not win both, 
but they're gonna they're gonna threaten if they win one if they win they beat South Carolina. I mean that's a huge win for them and it's something to continue to build on as Stoops gets this program further and further and further off the ground. Yeah, I agree. Because he really had a lot of shit to work with. Well, and he got so close for so many years. Really two, 14 and 15, before 16 and 17, yeah. making bowl season. But once he does that, it's, a, it's about winning in bowl no, season. No, I agree. But I, I, have them thir- yeah. or I have them fourth. I just um, took I took Missouri because of Drew Locke. Or, yeah, this is three? Three we're on? Three. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting my numbers fucked up. No, I like, I like Missouri. 3,964 yeah. yards, 44 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Most of his targets are back. I just... I'm a big fan of his. Um, he's his gonna entire post, offensive line, yeah, too. He's going to post Xbox numbers. Yeah. Defense has some concerns. I just, I just, their I, defense is what got yeah. me a little worried. No, I, I, I just, I take them as that third spot. I, I, I do like. By the way, I do like Kentucky fourth. Okay. Um, and this is hard because it's hard. how do you not say Tennessee or Florida will be fourth? Yeah. Um, both those schools though are rebuilding. Yeah. Big it's time. very clear that Florida is, even with the amount of talent they return. Right. Uh, they have first year coach in Dan Mullen. They have kind of a wonky schedule, and yeah, I, I just think with them it, it's tough because they are very clearly rebuilding. They're coming off a four and seven year last year. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't necessarily have a miserable schedule, right? They go at Mississippi State, uh, then they go LSU. They do. They are at Georgia, and then, but they, of course, they have to end the year at, at Florida State. So yep. we'll see what happens. You know, this is a team I think is a year or two away. Mm-hmm. In my mind, there's just too many fixes um, that I see. Yep. Yeah, and I would tell you that Tennessee is three or four, uh, two or three, four years away for yep. a school of that caliber. They're still definitely well, they have a new struggling. New head coach. There. Yeah. I mean, they had a really down year last. They year. did. They did. There's not a lot of talent right now in Tennessee. Yeah. And and honestly, I'm not trying to beat them down because I actually I really like the Volunteers. I I see them as they're going to be a struggle this year. Yeah. I mean, they they get Keller Christ from Stanford. Yeah, Keller Christ. Who had some some yeah, good games some flashes, at Stanford. But I mean, there's just so much else that they have to work on. So it's, I mean, defensively they could be fun. If you're if you're That's a long, if you're a Tennessee fan, patience. Yeah, they go to Georgia, patience. Auburn, and South Carolina, which are all, yeah, almost locks as losses right. on their schedule. So there's three: West Virginia, who we talked about at length last week, who in the first week in Charlotte. That's going to be a really tough game to watch yeah. if you're a Tennessee fan. Here's the thing. I love. I, like I said, I, I I want them back. I love the orange, but um, yeah, it's just it's just gonna be it's gonna be. But if you're a Tennessee fan, think about it like this: be excited. Yep. Anything that happens this year is a positive. Exactly. So that's that's what I when I stare at it, that's what I see. Anything anything that happens is a positive. You know, let's bring in some good recruiting classes. Let's yep. get let's let's get them let's get them up up and running. Um, it's, it's the only thing you can really think about. You know, starting off the season at West Virginia is just going to be a tough challenge. They're going to be a great team. We talked about them during the Big the Big 12 preview. They, they can flat out play West Virginia, one of the best offenses in football. Let the beating come. But I think the talent's going to return. Um, and I, I this is a top-level program. I like the Jeremy Pruitt signing. I know they had some issues there, but I like it. 
Uh, give me somebody who's going to be here for 10, 10, 20, 30 years, right? 30 years is a lot. 10, say, let's say 10 years. Um, you know, get somebody that's going to really, really battle through it and be here for long term. It's not going to bolt after a season or, or, or two of really strong play. Um, so I think Florida and Tennessee, they're the two other powerhouses outside of Georgia in the SEC East that we need to see rise up again. I think we can both fun. Yeah, I think we can both agree the bottom team here. Yeah. A team that actually had some high hopes last year. And a team that has also surprisingly generated a number of very good professional players. Yes. They have. By the way, let's talk about one of those real quick. A former Vanderbilt Commodore is Jordan Matthews. Indeed he is. Guess who could possibly need a wide receiver after missing Joshua Jeffrey for three weeks? I'm just saying he could fit on the Eagles again. Anyway. The other one is is back in Nashville and is tearing it up on, I believe, E. Oh! Mr. Jay Cutler. (laughs) I'm very cavalry. So, Derek Mason, high hopes, 18-31 and record. Following James Franklin, who's had a lot of success at Penn State, but next... Excessively good there. Yes. Um. You know. Yeah. He's beaten Tennessee two back-to-back years, but kind of they're 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 a down. They're a down. You know. That's like their only thing to to, to lie in here. Um. I, I think Kyle Shermer has a chance to be a pretty good running back there. Um. But I just don't like this team. I think they're going to get beat up this year. Uh, I. You know. They lost a lot of guys. I. It's not very high. It's tough because again, you look at their schedule. They have to go to Notre Dame. Which that could be just demoralizing for them. Right. They gotta host or they gotta go to Georgia. They host South Carolina, which I mean that could be tough, but I mean we all kind of thought that about Alabama last year with their week four team when they were three and oh and and they came into that game as eighteen point dogs and still lost. They lost fifty nine to nothing. They go to Georgia, they go to Kentucky, they go to Arkansas, they go to Missouri. Those are all tough road games. And then they have to host Tennessee at the very end of the season, host Mississippi, they host Florida, which actually that could be an entertaining enough game. Um, it's just tough when you look at all of this because defensively they could be fun to watch. And, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's going to be a uh, hard season. I mean, Jay Cutler on Very Cavalier might be the highlight of the fall <laughs> of Vanderbilt, 2018. Right. right. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty good – we went through a lot there, the SEC. Let's talk about – to me, there's three clear teams that have a playoff opportunity. That's Bama, Auburn, and Georgia. Georgia, right. You know, we talked a little bit about – Bama is pretty clear. They're the number one team in the nation. Be a, it's definitely Be a one-loss team and you're going to get in. Right. That happened last year. If you lose to Auburn and don't play in the SEC championship – you're probably a lock to get it right. at this point. The precedent they set, oh, the, yeah. the committee clearly doesn't want two lost teams. Right. If you're a team in the SEC West and you get through that at 11-1 and one, and you're not in the SEC championship game, you might be – you're sitting by your, your phone on the day after SEC championship Saturday waiting to hear if you're getting in. Yeah. Especially if a Big Ten team has two losses – or a Big Ten champion, a Pac-12 champion has two losses. I mean, a Big 12 champion has two losses. If that happens, it would be insane as well. But, I, th- I mean, there's a real opportunity that you see the winner of the SEC championship game and Alabama once again go into this. If it's Auburn, Georgia again, which 
is tough because Auburn and Georgia play each other just like they did last year. Yeah. And how that all ended up working out was kind of crazy, but it still worked. Mm-hmm. Auburn, I think, for them to make it, if they're a one-loss team, for instance, their only losses to Alabama, I don't think that's enough for the committee to say, you're in. Because I I just don't think they've built up the credit that Alabama did last year. The only thing that they really have going for them is that they would have beaten Washington. And here you have to assume Washington goes on to win the Pac-12 and either makes the playoffs or is close and it's between the two of them and you say they won at the beginning of the season and you get into that whole rabbit hole of who's doing what and did your did your opponent not fall all the way to the ground? Did you hold them up like the Batman holding up the Joker in the Dark Knight? Uh, for those that are unfamiliar with that, listen to my crazy tinfoil rantings in last year's Fun Beat Tailgates. I just think that if they were to beat Georgia and lose to Alabama, I mean, it's enough. It's... Good wins, but again, it it kind of I think you need you definitely need not Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin to win the Big Ten, and they have to have two losses. And you need not Washington. You almost like, it's weird because you almost need Washington to win, but you don't want them to win, so they have a weak team as their champion. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Whereas with Alabama, because they're not webbed into all of this. Which you could argue Auburn is a harder schedule yeah. for certain, but just they still play quality teams out of the SEC West. And who knows? Louisville could make a run. We don't know. It's highly unlikely, but they could. Yeah, um, yeah I just think. But then Georgia, I think it's a you win, you're in yeah. in the SEC. Georgia no, has a much clearer path. I agree. Path. I, I'm going to With any you. of them, it's a you win, you're in. But yeah. Georgia, I, doesn't, Georgia doesn't win the SEC. They're not in, is what I was getting at. I. You're going to ask me, run to my head, Alabama. Again, yeah. in the college football playoff. Do I think they're going to win? I can't say that for sure yet. I think there's enough other good teams in the Big 12, SEC. Uh, S- they almost need to lose at some point, so they're not the number one seed. Well, they probably like that a little bit. The better. number one seed has never won the college football national right. college football playoff national championship. Right. That's wild, by the way. That's Which, we're now into year five of the college football playoff. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that being good, we have SEC. We have high-speed candidates. Mm-hmm. Tua. Yep. Stidham. Yep. Nick Fitzgerald's a dark horse. DeAndre Swift's a dark horse. Jake Fromm's a dark horse. Yep. But you got two elite, I think, elite Heisman candidates, although I think if anybody it's... Is your I, boy Drew Locke up there? I just he don't, too dark of a dark horse? I just think, he's, I just think there's not enough. Yeah. Right? I just don't, just don't think there's enough. He needs, he needs Missouri to go on a run. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I like that. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. But uh, let's transition... Yeah. To what you could argue is the most historic, most storied conference in all of college football. The last one we're going to review here. An interesting way to put it. There's if you just if you talk about college football blue bloods, you think of the Big Ten. Yep. Right. You think of Ohio State. One of the granddaddies. You think of Michigan. You think of Penn State, Wisconsin. These are teams that have been in the the history of college football forever. Sure. Right? Um, so, it, it's going to be another great year in the Big Ten. Yep. So, give me thoughts. Yeah, so I think it's going to be super competitive. It's 
The same story as last year. The East has that three-team race. Some people want to call it a four-team. That fourth team, I don't think, is has a really good shot at it. Uh, but that three-team, same three-team race as last year, or what was supposed to be, uh, is going to be competitive, especially with some additions for both for any for any of those squads. Yeah. I almost said both in, in a group of three, and then Wisconsin in the SEC in the uh, Big Ten West. And what they have going on. How can they run through that? what they have on their schedule? New coaches on some of the other squads in that division. What can happen there? It'll be really fun to watch. Uh, it'll be more fun of a Big Ten West to watch than it has been in the past. Yeah. Especially Nebraska. Nebraska's going to be really That's fun. That's true. We're going to get to them. But do you want to start in the West or do you want to start in the East? I've got to pick with the SEC, so I'm deferring to you. Let's go West first. All right. And here's why. To me, there's a clear favor. Yep. Similar to the SEC East. Yep. Wisconsin is the Georgia Bulldogs of the Big Ten West. Yep. This is a team that they have had unassuming dominance for a number of years. Yep. In 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 the West. You know, there was a small uh, time of Iowa and Nebraska, right? They they cut up odds. We'll talk about both both schools. Yeah. I mean, since they made it, I believe, East and West. Right. Wisconsin has made the Big Ten Championship game in every year but one. When did they change? 2014 from Leaders and Legends East and West? Yeah. That's when they added Rutgers and Maryland? Yeah. So, and even then, they, they nearly made it in 2013, but Nebraska made it up there. Right. Uh, but, yeah, Wisconsin comes in as one of the – top-rated teams in the country. They play Friday night against Western Kentucky. But, I mean, we're going to see a lot out of these guys that night. They return nine starters on offense, including Alex Hornenbrook. You remember him as their quarterback who threw for 2,600 yards and 25 touchdowns. He needs to hold on to the ball a little more. But, as Matt said, uh, you know, you think with age that he can improve there. The big guy to watch out for, though, is their running back. Jonathan Taylor. Oh, yeah. Heisman guy. Another Heisman guy. And Matt. They return all five offensive linemen. And I'm seeing what you're writing down about the Philadelphia Phillies score. And I'm very excited to see that. Oh, man. For those those that want to know the inside baseball, Carlos, you can find out when Carlos Santana hit a home run in the Phillies game against the Nationals, and that's right now when we're making the transition to the Big Ten. We'll, yes. Uh, inside the pod for you. But Jonathan Taylor. It's all right. Mean, like you said, no, no, no. It's all good. We need to, Matt, we need to show emotions here. We're not robots. Jonathan Taylor, I think, has one of the – has a great Heisman uh, campaign ahead of him. But I think they have, aside from two away games – actually three away games, they have an opportunity here – if they run the table and go 13-0 and and win the Big Ten, they won't be just a Big Ten number four seed. Like we've seen out of every single Big Ten team that's been in the college football playoff. Think about it. Ohio State did in 2014. Got, or they won. Michigan State did in 2015. Ohio State again in 2016 and got smoked mm-hmm. by Clemson. Or they might have been the three seed. But still, they got smoked. I think Wisconsin has a legitimate shot at not being a Big Ten team to get smoked. Obviously, last year there was no one that made it. But they, their offense is going to be a lot of fun. This is like those Wisconsin teams at the start of the decade that 
played so well and didn't they never had the national championship threats, but they really aside from a high flying offense from TCU and Andy Dalton, they should have won that Rose Bowl. They have a great running back, like they have pretty much almost every season in this decade. Yeah. Their defense is a little questionable, which is what makes those three away games very risky, which are at Nebraska, or at Michigan State after playing Nebraska, at Northwestern, who we're about to talk about, and at Penn State. Two, those are their cross-division games. Um, and then they host Rutgers, which, I mean, don't worry about that. Yeah. But the Michigan and Penn State games, those are tough ones to draw across conference. So we'll see what they're looking like coming into the Big Ten championship game. But I think it's – you can pencil them in with Penn. <laughs> see what I did there? I saw you did. Into the, into the Big Ten championship game. I agree with that. And similar to Georgia, there's just not a lot else after Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor was 20 – Three yards short of 2,000 yards as a freshman. He's Heisman ready. You know, when you look at the rest, you know, I don't even want to harp too much there, but who do you got us? Who do you who do you have coming in there at second? I'm going with the real Manatees College, the Northwestern Wildcats at number two. Oh my god. Yeah, Pat Fitzgerald are his 13th year. Isn't he just a great coach? Just a great I wish he could bring in bigger talent. Great coach. He's still got a lot of guys, though. He does. I like Clayton Thompson to have a nice year. Their quarterback mm-hmm. threw for over 2,800 yards. Not a ton of passing touchdowns, but he's returning all of his top receivers. And Bennett's uh, Skowinrek and Flynn Nagel. A lot easier name to pronounce there. <laughs> but, yeah, they return some of the, a good amount of their, of their running back core. Uh, they lose Justin Jackson, solid right. running back from last year. He was good. Defensively, they return a lot of their top tacklers, including, and wait for this old-school college football name, Patty Fisher. Patty Fisher. Patty spelled like Patty's pub. What a name. Middle linebacker had 113 sack or 113 tackles, nine tackles for loss, no sacks, but that can always change. They return their lead sack man in Joe Gaziano. Another great name. He is a right defensive end. Okay. I mean, these guys, I think they're, I really like their defense. And yeah. I like what they're bringing to the table. They start off with a Big Ten showdown. Tomorrow night, Northwestern at Purdue. The Boilermakers. The Boilermakers, who we'll talk about. They, play, they host Duke. They host Akron. Then they host Michigan. Sneakily, yeah. great matchup. Granted, that's true. Their offense against Doctor Blitz, it's going to be fun, and we'll we'll get to Doctor Blitz at Michigan State. That's going to be tough. At Rutgers, basically, don't even need to worry about. Uh, they host Nebraska, which Nebraska could be tough, but a first year coach. Yeah, we could see they host Wisconsin back to back, and they've got me. Then that so that well that at, at Iowa game could decide. They could decide a lot between second and third. They yep. come off of a Wisconsin loss, you'd assume. Into a tough game against Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. That's home, the issue. Still, is that you have three weeks where you can yeah. see them go from ranked, five, you know, six and one, five yeah. and two, to five and five, and they need they all of a sudden need to win either at Minnesota and you'd assume they beat Illinois, right? 
and they come into they come into the postseason with a round of 500 record. That is a concern. I think they can win one of those three games. Probably, probably Iowa, because I think Notre Dame will have a good season. Because um, Wisconsin, we just talked about it. It's yeah. Presumably is going to have a good season, but who knows with that game? I mean, last year they played Wisconsin uh, fairly early in the season, but they still they were 15 point dogs and they covered. They were they lost 33 to 24. They lost by nine points. That was an, that was an away game. So who knows with that home how they do against that team? Uh, I just really yeah. I mean, I really like like Pat Fitzgerald. I like what they're bringing offensively. So I did edge out. Do you have Iowa second? It sounds like. It edges Iowa out for I me. Do. Iowa's my three. I do. I, okay. I, first of all, let me make this clear about, about Northwestern. I don't want to play a Pat Fitzgerald team. He just coaches them too well. But I'm taking I'm taking Iowa as number two. I, I just think there's a lot there with the Kirk Ferentz team. They just seem to always compete every year. They've got decent enough players. So, I yeah, I, I dropped them in there as two. Okay. Um... I, I really put it on their coke. I put it on Kirk. He's just a great. He's just a great college football coach. Sure. Reminds me of um, oh Kansas State. Kansas State. Uh, Snyder. Yep. At Kansas State, he just always seems to produce a great team. So I I dropped him in there as number two. I think it's really close. We're still talking apples compared to oranges. Yeah. We're talking about you know Wisconsin, but I I don't want to count. I was been one of the more consistent. To me, they're the Kansas State of the Big Ten. Right? They just always seem to have a year where they, they beat a number of good teams. Yep. So, a little boring, right? But I think they can take care of business. No, I like that. Together, number two. I, like, I have them three, and I think it's close. Yeah. I think you're right that that game on November 10th in Iowa City, awesome environment there. It's going to be very important. Probably decides two and three. Um, but, yeah. I, no, I like what they're bringing to the table. They, do lose, team, they do lose Josh Jackson. I can't, I can't undispute that he was a great yeah. defensive player for them. But great, great sorry. defensive player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they lose their leading tackle, their top three leading tacklers. Uh, but I mean, who they're bringing back is solid enough. Their front, their front seven should look right, solid enough, especially what they have up front. I'd also want to point out they play Wisconsin and they play Penn State. They don't play Ohio State. They don't play. That's Mich- a good point. They don't play Michigan State. They don't play Michigan. So it eases their schedule a little bit. If they can That's get through Iowa State, point. we talked about, we like Iowa State a lot. Yep. They can get through Iowa State. You could be at a two. I mean, you could be at a two-loss Iowa team. Sure. I, I think they'll trip up. Maybe it's at Purdue. Maybe it's maybe it's Northwestern at Minnesota. But I just I just think this is a team that has enough talent to get by at second. I don't think they'll be contending, but I think they're a second-place team in the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten West in this case. Excuse me. Uh, now and third, so once again, we're, we we talked about this a little bit. We're kind of picking, you know, apples to oranges. Do you like? Do you like as your third, as your fourth team? Because we've took, we've taken Iowa, we've taken Northwestern. Now we start to get into some interesting squads here, and we've talked a little bit about Nebraska. And I'm going to take them at, at four. Yeah, I am. I as well. love Frost. Yeah, I think I think this is a, this is Nebraska is. If you don't know college basketball, Nebraska reminds me a little bit of. I want to say UCLA. Let's say Indiana in basketball, right? Indiana is a blue blood. 20 years ago, you couldn't stop talking about Indiana basketball. 20 years ago, you couldn't start talking about Cornhusker football. Well, there's a reason 
why the Cornhuskers were up so high and then fell so low. A lot of it has to do with why baseball got popular again at the end of the 90s. Not going to get too much into that, but... Different podcast. Yep. My point being is you could consider Nebraska an old school college. It is a big name. They used to be elite every year. They had a couple really good years, right? And Dominic and Sue was there. They had some players. Yes, when they were still in the Big 12, yep. they were a threat to always make it where they did to be the North's representative when the Big 12 still had two divisions. And then a couple of years, Colorado kind of snuck ahead of them. Right. Two teams no longer in the conference. Yeah. Hilariously. But they were <laughs> always a threat there. And then they, they found some weirdly dark years yep. after getting into the Big Ten. They make the Capital One Bowl in their final year in the Big Twelve. They move over to the Big Ten. Um or no, they moved to the Big No, they moved to the Big Ten in two thousand eleven, excuse me. Um but yeah they I mean they nearly won yeah. the big the Big Ten in two thousand thirteen. Um yeah I mean the, and then they have these down years and, and all this different stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch what Scott Frost. I keep holding, having to hold myself. Wanting to call him Nick Frost. He's an actor. I was expecting a laugh from you. Thank you, audience, for laughing. Oh, I, apologize. My I apologize. I uh, apologize. But no, I think their schedule looks looks. It's intimidating. Their road schedule, maybe the toughest in the Big Ten. If they played these teams at home, I'd say that they have an opportunity to make some noise and potentially bump their way into third. But they have to go to Michigan, go to Wisconsin, go to Northwestern, go to Ohio State, and go to Iowa is their final game of the regular season. Yeah. That's pretty tough. And that's I think, why I have them at five. Yeah, that's why. And I, not higher. Yeah. It's a good pick to have them where they're at. I mean, because the teams that we're going to get to, granted, one of them could easily flip flop. With Nebraska, but they have to come right. to Nebraska. Actually, both of the final teams have to come to Nebraska. But I like what Frost has going for him, and I think what he was able to build at UCF, he'll be able to build with Nebraska. Yeah, and I think the coach of the other team did this with Western Michigan. We're talking about the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I think in his second year, he probably has a better opportunity to jump into fifth place. The reason why I don't have him up there, granted, he has a little bit of an easier schedule, much easier at a conference schedule. He also doesn't have to play Michigan. He does have to go to Ohio State. He has to go to Wisconsin. He has to go to Maryland, which, you know, okay. Uh, have to go to Illinois. Okay. Um, Got to go to Nebraska, we just mentioned. Um but it's going to be interesting with them because they have a lot of question marks at quarterback. They returned their starting running back, Rodney Smith, who nearly rushed for 1,000 yards. They have their receivers, and they have a lot of big-name guys on defense from last year, that is. Uh, their leading tackler, Thomas Barber, he's a middle linebacker, yeah. over 100 tackles. Um, Connor Coughlin, who had six-and-a-half sacks, big name for them. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how Minnesota goes. And either one of these teams could flip-flop at five and six. I do like, if I want to buy futures, similar to when we were talking about Florida, 
uh, I would buy him. I would buy futures in Nebraska. I would to jump up. By the way, we talk about a, we talk about football. We talk about families. Yep. The McCaffrey family has another guy coming to Nebraska. Really? Yep. Luke McCaffrey, four-star quarterback, on his way. Is he a character on Friday Night Lights? It sounds like he is. Yeah. So here's the thing. Third and girl. Talk about Ed McCaffrey. Third and girl. Comment on this on the in the comments and yeah. let us know. The former great Broncos wide receiver. Yeah. Great. Very good. So Max McCaffrey is a 49ers receiver. We all know Christian McCaffrey. Almost won a Heisman at, at Stanford now with the Panthers. The third McCaffrey brother is at Michigan. Dylan McCaffrey is a actually a pretty highly touted freshman quarterback who probably has an opportunity after Shea Patterson graduates to start. I'm going to put his name out there. And now Luke, as a junior, has committed to Nebraska. What I would tell you is this. I'm with you 100%. I'm, I'm buying futures on Nebraska. I think this team has an opportunity to make an upset. If you're Michigan, if you're Ohio State, if you're Michigan State, in particular Michigan State, second to last game of the year. By that part, you'd expect Frost's team to be up and running. So I like it. They're starting a freshman quarterback. It's a big yes. deal. Don't get me wrong. They have the opportunity, though, to, to make some noise. So they're, they're, they're pretty solidly in as my fifth. Now, you mentioned Minnesota. Um, you know, I'm, I'm with you there. I get that. Kind of a program that we've seen in dormancy for a number of years, the Golden Gophers. Yes. Um, you know, now, if we go so – that, so I have them actually – I do have them as my sixth team, though. Who would you drop in – oh, at least one team left. I'm sorry. Yeah. The team with the coach in the hottest seat, Lovey Smith at Illinois. Yes, indeed. Really needs Oof. to figure it out. Um, we have Purdue in there as well. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Purdue. I want to. I want. For some reason. I'd throw Purdue in next. I and would then, too. Oh, and easily. put Illinois in last. Easily. Yeah. I mean, Purdue start, it brings back a number of starters on offense. They bring back actually two quarterbacks that saw some significant time, but uh, Elijah Sindenlar, who had. You know, over twenty, almost at twenty one hundred yards. By the way, I googled it. It's Luke Cafferty was the name of the credit and lights. Oh, that's who it is. So okay, very close. Gotcha. I mean, shout out to me. I've only watched that I only was watched the good. show once. It was pretty good. I actually remember. I actually didn't watch a lot of seasons, but I did remember that season where, where yeah. Luke Cafferty was pregnant. I believe he might have done that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a that was a very special episode. Uh, but yeah, Purdue, I'd throw in above Illinois. Let's jump into Lovey Smith quickly, and then we'll yeah. go over the Big Ten East. I think you know, you have this expectation when you bring in a guy with Lovey Smith's pedigree that he does good. Yeah, they've been awful. They didn't win a game last year in conference play. Would yep. I would I get rid of him, even if he had a bad year? No. I still think he deserves a little bit of credit. The Fighting Illini aren't a powerhouse, but they've had some really good seasons. Just a couple years ago, they were in the Rose Bowl. So, if there that was, was like ten years ago, though, yeah, I know. Well, was it ten years ago? Yeah, we were in high school. God, I feel so old. He to me is second in the Big Ten on the hot seat after the Maryland head coach, who we'll get to, mostly because of his. You know, mostly because of his off-the-field issues. But, I, yeah, I, I just – Illinois got – they just don't have a lot going on for me. I'm pretty pretty off there in Illinois um, in this case. So, they're, to me, the, definitely the bottom half. They have an opportunity to not win another game in the um, 
in the Big Ten this year. I, I really believe that. This is a former university that used to have a great college basketball team. Um, and now that's kind of downhill. And even is and even their their football program hasn't even been relevant. AJ Bush is a senior, transferred in. Um, we'll see what happens. So you know, when you get a senior and you know, senior starting, they don't really have a tough schedule. They do play USF South Florida second week. Then they're at the, then they're playing PSU. They're out at the road of Wisconsin, uh, Maryland on the road, on the road in Nebraska. They do miss a lot of the big names. No Ohio State, no Michigan, no Michigan State. Uh, so they could surprise a couple people, but I think this team's just going to struggle pretty much throughout, um, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. In, we'll see what happens. Lovey Smith's got to do some big things. He he just he does. Um, so you know we'll see what happens. But let's jump over to the SEC East. I mean, I'm sorry. Wow, the Big Ten East. Big Ten East. Excuse no, me. I did it before. I screwed him I up. Know. But yeah, Big Ten East. This is the Power Conference. The power top division. four team division. The top four teams here are all legitimate contenders to win the title. I would argue three of the four are legitimate contenders. To I think one's them. a pretender of the four. I do. I think the top three, who I'm going to talk about, have the opportunity to be in the college football playoff. Yes. Yes. All right. Now, who do you have? Do you want to go bottom up? You want to change it up for the last division in college football? Let's, let's, let's change right. it up. Let's change it up. Okay. I think pretty easily the bottom for me is Rutgers, number yes. seven. Yes, easily. Uh, <laughs> it's Rutgers. You know, you know, you you understand why Maryland and Rutgers were added to the Big Ten. They want they wanted to bring in that northeastern market, which really doesn't have a big football presence at all. No. Period. Other than Penn State, they, they've got nothing in New York. Nothing. Although in State. Maryland sneakily trying to take over Philadelphia. Get Maryland ads all over the place on trains, That's on true. TV. I do see that all the time. Very weird. I do. Here's the problem for me with Rutgers. Okay, not a very good team. They play, oh, they're play. they at OSU Week 2. They they might lose to Kansas at Kansas Week 3. They play Buffalo. What a, what a showdown. I know. They play Buffalo Week 4. There's no guarantee against Buffalo. Then they're at Wisconsin. This is so starting on the 20th of October. They they play Northwestern. They go to Wisconsin. They play Michigan. They play PSU, and they play Michigan State. One, two, three, four. They could be five short. They could be five. Sorry, they could go zero and five in the last five games of the season easily against that kind of a lineup. Pretty wild. So they they better they better lose to only Ohio State. This is a team that probably won't be bowl eligible. I just don't think. No, a ton. that's a now a lot of bullshit. If you think they're going to make a bowl game, I don't. I'm just saying we always have optimism. They have a true freshman who's going to start. Archer Stakowski. Now I'm not saying he's any good, but when your true freshman starts, if you assume he's going to have four, Archer Archer, if you assume I was right when I said it, if you if you assume he's going to have four years. Then you see by his senior year, you're gonna have a decent quarterback. We'll see what happens. So their but, backup quarterback's name is Jonathan Reschigno. No, Gio. His real name is Giovanni. Oh, okay. There's Jonathan Jonathan Lewis and Gio Reschigno is their backup. Reschigno sounds like like a Tony Soprano payoff. Probably in the mob. Yeah. If I had to guess, I mean, good, good, good for New Jersey. Don't know what Rutgers is going to do to fix this program. 
I just gotta say it. I, I don't I don't know what their what their prediction. Now number six for me is also hmm. Normally I was pretty set on number six being Indiana. Do you think with everything going on with Maryland, you want to throw them down there? I'm going to throw them down there. And this is a team I had on the rise. I really yeah. liked Maryland. I mean, they had a lot of promise, and you're absolutely right. With, with what's happened in the offseason, yep. I mean, that's going to take a toll on them. Yeah, and I mean, it's tough. I mean, I'd almost put them T5 just to give Indiana a little bit of credit yep. and give Maryland the talent they have, whatever ends up happening with them. Because, I mean... Really, now you have you I mean you have a possibility of them getting getting back on their feet at the end of the season and trying to make some noise against Michigan State, Ohio State, or Penn State, but it's I mean it's tough for them. By the and way, what happened was terrible. It, oh, it's awful. The shame of it is, I I thought Durkin had this this program on the rise. Yeah, Maryland's a big a, a breeding. I mean, this is a this is a team that but. I have them in sixth. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. They start at Tech. They start. They, they play Texas week one. They've got Michigan at Iowa, Michigan State, OSU, Penn State to end the year. I, I it's a shame because I really I like the Terrapins. I wanted the Terps to be a good team, so I'm going to take Indiana at number five. Okay. But that's really by default. I think talent wise, I think Maryland's a better team. I think Maryland's trying to to, to drive their way in. Um. They have a very difficult off-schedule, off uh, out-of-conference schedule, right? They play um, Florida International, what, uh, Virginia, and Ball State. So there should be they should be 3-0, and theoretically, if they're good enough heading into a Week 4 matchup against P- uh, Michigan State University. We can, we, can go into, we can go into Indiana. I'm just not. Yeah, I mean, Indiana, they have an interesting schedule. They have at Ohio State. They host Penn State, which they're always a tough out at home. We said That's this true. last year with Ohio State. That's true. And Ohio State turned it on in the first half, of that, or the second half. That first half was closer. Um, yeah, I mean, they played Mer- or Virginia. Yeah. Which, great basketball matchup. There you go. Not so great <laughs> football matchup. No, no, no. Um, host Iowa could be difficult there. Go Have to go to Michigan. I'd say if they host Michigan, that'd be pretty interesting. I mean, these guys might have one of the worst defenses in the, the conference. That's one of my big concerns. Yeah, within Indiana, I, which is why, it. like, I wanted to say T five and give give some people some some credit here and there because I do think Maryland's gonna have a lot of trouble. Yeah, but I mean, offensively they might be fun to watch, but yeah, it's both of these teams are gonna be tough. Tom Allen's got to have a lot on his on his plate. Let's move on. Let's go up into fifth. No fourth or fourth. You're right. Yeah, we're already there. All right, so I have Michigan State. Me too. I think they're a goddamn pretender. I agree. They are. Everybody's like, oh, they have a chance to do what they did last now, year. They look, might run it towards the Big Ten Championship. No fucking way. I, I would like to say out loud, I'm a homer. Yeah. Wolverine. I mean, I hate Michigan State as well. Yeah. I think Brett Lewerke, not going to be as – I mean, he, mm-hmm. was, he was okay last year. He had 20 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, threw for nearly 2,800 yards. I mean, they have some good running backs. They actually have a very good defense. I will give them credit there. A very solid defense. I just don't think that that they can do it. I mean, the best thing they have going for them is they host both Michigan and Ohio State. They go to Penn State at Penn State. 
and Penn State's coming off of a bye, I think that's a fucking that's a tr- that's they're walking into a trap. They're gonna get their asses handed to them. Right. I mean, we saw this last year. They lost. They got creamed by Notre Dame. They barely got by Iowa at home. Iowa, who was fingertips away from beating Penn State in a shootout. Think about that. Iowa in a shootout. That's right. I remember that game. That Michigan game is all crucial because it's at Michigan State and because of – and we're going to get to Jim Harbaugh's record with it. And I think if they if they get through that and they are they are undefeated or they have that one loss to Penn State, they might have a shot at it. But Ohio State – hosting Ohio State is going to be tough for them because by that time, Urban Meyer is going to be back. We're going to right. talk about all of that. Right. And it's going to be – it's just – I really don't think they have an opportunity at them. They might lose to Arizona State in week two. They go down to the desert. Tough there. Indiana, tough out at home. They, by the way, they lost their best cornerback. Yep. In Joshua Scott. I mean, they and returned. They also lost Dylan Alexander, one of their defensive ends. I, I just, I'm with you. I think they were a little overrated last year. They had a very inefficient pat, uh, running, rushing offense. They made up for a little bit with third down conversions. Sure. Third down conversions are third down conversions. They can be difficult. They did not have a ton of sacks, tackles, velocity, and all that good stuff. And think about every other team in this top three. Penn State has Trace McSorley on another year of development. Michigan has a much better quarterback. Ohio State, when they get the ball rolling, is going to have a very, very good quarterback there. I mean, I just don't think they have the stuff to withhold the offenses of those other three teams. And I think that's why, even if their offense goes off, yeah. that they are going to be fourth. I agree with that. Now, we've gone from one, we've gone from the back end of the top end. Yep. Now we're going to get, this is to me the most difficult stretch yep. of, this, of the top three. Thank in God my we're opinion, not broadcasting this live with your brother's chirping. That's, that's a, although I have feedback I will provide for you for one of oh. the teams we're about to talk about. Okay. So, let's, let's first... <laughs> I'm struggling because I don't know how I feel about a few different things. Yep. And so I'm going to audible us here. We've got three teams to pick from, and I'm going to start at number two. Oh, we're, we're going to go rogue in the pot. My I'm number two your number team. Three. My number two team in the Big Ten is the Penn State Ooh. Nittany Lions. I have them at three. Okay. Now, this is a team that has to replace arguably the best player in college football last year in Saquon Barkley. Yep. They're replacing some decent wide receivers. Great wide receivers. Very good in Penn State standards, right? Rayshon Hamilton's gone. Deshaun Hamilton. Deshaun. Did I say Rayshon? I yeah. said Rayshon. Deshaun Hamilton. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry, brothers. Sorry, brothers. Okay. I. Mix, mix, mix swirly, as I call him. Trace McSwirly. He can play. He can play. They've got a lot more talent than you think they do. They were a little dominated, in my opinion. Then they, they were dominated by the headlines that Gasecki, the tight end, made, Barkley made, 
they've got some defensive players and even some offensive their players that I can step me. in. That's why I have them three. Okay. I think their offense is going to be okay. a lot of fun to watch because of McSorley and what he has around him. Yeah. He returns four of his five offensive linemen. Yep. Huge. Huge. And McSorley threw 3,500 yards last year and rushed for almost 500 of his own. He got sacked a, looks like a bunch of times. But yeah. I mean, what can you do there, especially against the defenses that we're talking about? Penn State's defense is what concerns me. What I really like about their schedule is that they host Ohio State. I think that's big. Obviously, remember what happened two years ago uh-huh. when they hosted Ohio State. Like Ohio State, Michigan State, they host, sorry, they host both of them, and they really don't have a strong off-seat, uh, out-of-conference They conference host Wisconsin, schedule. too. That's true. Big. Big. Rutgers and Maryland to finish it out. I mean, that they're... If they're even on the fringe, they're not going to be on the fringe of bowl, bowl eligible, but that will certainly put them over right. the top. Right. I just think the at pit actually concerns concerns me only because it's happened to them before. It's happened to them before. Two years ago, it should not have happened to them. Um, they actually they came in underdogs. I'm looking at this the the lines from that, and they yeah. lost by three. So I actually covered that game, but they had that game in hand and lost. Um, I mean, they haven't started, except for last year where Saquon Barkley is this. You wanted to pick him in in one of our dynasty drafts because he was such a lock to just be dominant. They have weird starts to their season, and I don't know if they have that in them again without an established all-around game, especially on defense. I mean, McSorley's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I think at least. Oh, he's going to be I, concerned. I don't think he's Baker Mayfield, but I think he has the ability to be a Baker Mayfield-esque pl- type of That's player. That's a very good way to put it. Right. Um, I think a couple of things. I think their home schedule matches up well. Yep. you got to go play and arguably, and I actually think that, I think this is the truth. I think they have the best home field advantage right now in all of college football. I would say that. We've both been there. Yeah. It's an incredible I mean, environment. I mean, you, you can't imagine walking yeah. in. Right. I do want to give a quick shout-out to a Great Valley alumni. Alumnus. Alumnus, excuse me. Alumni. I, I was in the same grade as his brother. Ryan Buckholtz, defense, defensive lineman for Penn State, retires due to consistent chronic injury and pain issues. Just want to throw it out there. Oh, um, former, former, former Great Valley alum, yeah. alumnus and football player. It's a shame for him. He was a, he was a, a, he was a guy that was probably going to have a role this year, maybe Jeez. even a starter. That being said, enough of the sadness for a moment. Look at a guy like Tommy Stevens. Okay. Who is their backup quarterback, as well as like a tight end wide receiver. This guy can play. Yep. This guy can play. I am more optimistic than you because of those two home games. Three home games. Okay. If they can win two of the three home games, I think they beat Michigan State, and they have a great shot against Ohio State because now Urban Meyer will be back for that game, but I am... I think they have a shot against Ohio State there. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it being at home is incredibly nice to have on their schedule. Right. I mean, App State, I don't think they're pulling any sort of Michigan-type things. No, I don't, I don't think so either. At Pitt's the only one that concerns yeah. me. Kent State's going to be an easy By win. The way, Illinois you, is an easy win. You want a trap game? It's Iowa at home before Michigan. Yeah, that's a really That's my point. trap game. That's my trap game. I just think this is the best home field advantage of... Uh, I, and I, I, that's why I say I think I think they figure a way to make two and three. And I don't care if it's Ohio State or Michigan State, or or possibly even Wisconsin. Those three home games are going to be absolutely huge. By the way, the timing of those games have not been announced. You give me a late night whiteout 
against Ohio State, which they do. A late night whiteout against Michigan State. That's where things change. Yeah. Um, in this case, so you know, something to think about there. Now we've talked about seven, eight, seven, six, five, four, four and, two. and two. Your two, my three. Where do you? Okay. So. So, so if there was no with, if there was no scumbaggery out of Columbus, Ohio, I think it would be easy for me to pick number one, and I'm going to keep them there. You're going to keep them there. Okay. I'm going to keep them there. Okay. Because I think, I mean, they're talented enough to get through. Get through Oregon State, I think. Get through Rutgers for sure. TCU is a little bit of a slip up. Then, he, then somehow he only gets three games. So he comes back for Tulane. Easy enough there. And he gets a game to kind of get back in with the guys and, and get all of his calls. Um, it sounds like you have them three. I do. Yeah, so we'll save Michigan. You're... The homer pick, of course. It's not a homer pick. Yeah, I, I, well, no, I, I think they're going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I just think that Ohio State, granted, they have to go to Penn State. We just talked about it. The rest of their away schedule, really, aside from TCU and Arlington, a neutral site game, even though TCU is based in Dallas, at it's Purdue, game. It, it could be tough. I mean, at Purdue, at Michigan State, could be a trap game. I don't think so. No, I think so either. At Maryland. And then they host the Wolverines. The big, big thing there. As much as I'd love to be hopeful and be cocky that, that Jim Harbaugh is going to take Shea Patterson and go down to Columbus and roll through them, it's tough in that environment if they're getting that everything rolling there with how good Dwayne Haskins has looked. It's true. J.K. Dobbins looks good. From what, from yeah, yeah, from reading about camp, I think their defense with Nick Bosa right up front could be number one overall pick. Could be a number one overall pick. I think they're going to be very exciting to watch, and I think they're you have to give them the credit for the talent they're putting on the field. It's true, regardless of the scumbaggery. I cannot stress enough. I do not condone any of the scumbaggery. We're going to talk about the scumbaggery. Any of the any of the strip club shit that came out about yeah. Tom Herman. Anything that Urban Meyer did, and yeah, you know, any, anything about knowing things and all of that. And okay, so here's what I would tell you. I think they lose to TCU. You think so? And I think they lose to Penn State. Okay. I think Penn State whites out that game. They figure out a way to get it done. Okay. I'm with you. The town in, in, in Columbus is as good as it always is, it seems like, every yeah. year, year in year. They really haven't had down years in quite a while. I think they beat Michigan State. And then yeah, clearly, I if State. I don't pick them to win and pick them to come in third, then I have to pick another team to come in first, and that yeah. team plays by the end of the season. And we'll get to them in a moment. But I do I do think that we really haven't gone into this on the podcast, but I do think I want to bring up situation in Ohio State. Oh, yeah. And I think there's a million layers to unravel here. It's but rough. I, I do it's think a rough we, situation. I do think we need to bring it up. And one of the cool, one of the things I, I saw that made me a little eh, okay, I have nothing against Urban Meyer, other than he's the Ohio State head coach. I wasn't a fan of him in Florida. I wasn't a fan of him in Florida, yeah. but he never. And, and, and you know, there is some baggage there, right? We talk about Aaron Hernandez, the Pouncey brothers. There's some issues with the players he had at Florida and how he handled them. Although. It seems like we give him a free pass because of Tim Tebow. Can we argue that? I don't think so. Yeah. We didn't talk about it because Tim Tebow was this great guy. And he still is a great guy. I'm not, I'm not well, a Tim also, Tebow hater. All the, the aforementioned Florida players 
all their stuff came out when they were in the pros. Yeah. They weren't under his wing. This is something now, it's a guy that he has given second, third, fourth, I don't know how many chances to. He's found out all this different stuff. Yeah. Just terrible, terrible things. Uh, now that now, what's his face? I don't know. He's saying Ohio State botched the investigation. Right. Fuck off. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, knowing all this stuff, and this is sort of where the I don't I do not want to try to put any. It's close. I don't want to try to th- the Penn Staters that say Joe Pa and all that sort of stuff. It's in that same sort of camp because he knew about he apparently knew about what was going on and got fired. So, I mean, it's in a similar camp. There are two very disgusting things that happen right. with assistant coaches. Uh, it's it's just not – I mean, it's not excusable, yeah. any of that. It's disgusting. Yeah. You can't think that – the sad thing is that they're, that with everything that's going on with Maryland, that we didn't really jump into too much just because that's – somebody died there. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that with both stories in both camps, that sadly people in the Maryland camp, because that came out first – there's some people saying, oh, thank God that Ohio State stopped. Fuck, stop with that. Yeah. This is all terrible stuff that's happening. It's going to hold a cloud. It's gonna, definitely going to hold a cloud over Maryland. And Ohio State, I mean, when Urban Meyer gets back from his suspension, it's, you know, they're going to, they're, he's talented enough as a coach that they can do that. And it's sad that he only has that much of a suspension when Joe Paterno got fired in the midst of a, Pretty solid campaign in 2011 that they had going on when he had just broken the record for, I think, total wins, FBS wins. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of scumbaggery, like I said. Yeah. So we're going to – seeing as this is a, a big topic across the media right now. Yes. And something that we wanted to introduce anyway into this podcast, we're going to bring on a special guest for this segment to discuss Urban Myers, Urban Meyer, Ohio State, Zach Smith, the whole situation. We're going to bring on. I didn't want to say the name. I know. Uh, it's okay. It's all no, right. No, you no. can say it. No, no, no. Not your name. Zach Smith. Zach Smith's name. Yeah. We're going to bring on. Don't a give f- him the credit. A, a very good friend of the podcast and someone that you will hear again. <laughs> at some point. At some point. In particular, when hockey. Comes up, and we add that to our podcast Hockey. stream. Hockey. I don't want to make it. I don't want to make it weird. So we're going to bring on the ever intelligent, our good friend Melanie Lucas. Melanie Lucas, aka Mel, yes, as most would call her, or or Smoopy, as my brothers would call her, live on the podcast, so that she knows. But Mel, we just wanted to get the opinion. Yeah, I just keep it at third and girl with Emily. I mean, that's oh, fine. well. I mean, I don't have so. I almost, I only have so many nicknames. We yeah. just wanted to get the opinion of of a third party here in relation to the Urban Meyer situation. Suspended for three games, and I'll and I'll I'll let you do your. I'll let you give your spiel, and we can ask questions. But what I wanted to bring up is Terrell Pryor was suspended for four games. Yep. For selling his merchandise. Yep. And Urban Meyer was suspended for three games for hiding, not reporting, and potentially covering up a domestic violence allegation and conviction. Yep. Because Zach Smith, whatever he says on Twitter, was convicted and now can no longer be within 500 yards of his ex-wife. So what are your thoughts, Mel, on the Ohio State situation and how it was handled? So I think that comparing selling merchandise 
to domestic abuse situations is not applicable for multiple reasons. One, it just, it's two different animals in my mind. Number two is there's a strict policy in the NCAA that I, I'm not sure of the details, but there's a policy regarding the fact that you cannot profit off of your position as a, coll- a collegiate athlete. Yeah, the amateurism. Yeah, the amateurism. Yeah. You have to maintain the ability to be an amateur in college. So there's a policy with guidelines to what the regulations or the consequences are for those types of actions. With Urban Meyer and Joe Pa, with all those situations, is there's no policies in place. Everything's reactionary and not reactionary in a way that is going to prevent or help anyone in these situations. Oh, yeah. It, and that's what gets me. I'm like, Urban Meyer didn't report something. He's getting... And might have done other stuff and been involved in the same with Joe Pa obviously helped cover up and didn't report, which is horrible things to do. But as far as I know, and granted I have I admittedly have not delved deep into researching this, but as far as I know, there's no policy set that they need to report to their supervisor. And I think that Joe Pa did say something to someone at some point. It was like a bare minimum done. He, but like, he uh, did what he was did, required of him. He did, he did pass him. it up the chain yeah. to he the president and the, and the higher-ups within Penn State as an organization yeah. and institution. Yeah. He, right. did, he did what was required of him per the letter of the law of his sure. job. Sure. Urban Meyer, I think, did the same thing. Okay. And so my... I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been fired or he shouldn't have been suspended. He... I mean, that's not mine to judge. Sure. I don't know the situation. But I, as a woman, can say, why isn't there a policy in place that makes these arbitrary consequences yeah. not arbitrary anymore? Like, why? Then, why there needs, there, it's so reactionary and it makes me upset that they, they're not told what to do in this situation so they do what they, they think they should do based on their environment and then later on and there's wrong on all sides of this i'm not saying oh, they're yeah. right at all but you can't blame someone for not doing something when they're not told to do everything they can to like they're in his mind like ohio to a certain degree puts him in this position of you do what you you have to win that's what Ohio tells the Ohio State football program. Sure. I lived in Ohio for four years. I get it. But it's wrong. And there needs to be policy in place. There needs to be some proactive measures taken yeah. to prevent these situations and to educate on these situations and to heal from these situations. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a lot what what Mel said, and we saw this in the NFL. And the, the, what's what's confusing to me is that after what happened with the Ray Rice saga, and even the mishandling by the NFL and of the Ezekiel Elliott saga, yeah. 
and domestic violence, violence. Well, he wasn't really domestic violence. He was more on the sexual assault side, but that, that's pretty... So to me, the one thing that bothered me is I thought Ohio State actually handled it properly at first. Okay. They took they took Urban Myers. You're going to be on administrative leave. We're going to take you out of the spotlight. And he said, look, I'm going to let, my, let the institution do a full investigation. So to me, he did everything right until his apology. Because he never mm-hmm. once apologized to Courtney Smith, Zach Smith's ex-wife. He only apologized to Ohio State, the yep. fan base, and the institution. Now, he later did apologize, but you, you have all this time to prepare, and the one thing you should say is, Courtney, I apologize. The other that part, bothered me. Why the other part that it? bothers me is the whole media days part of it, mm-hmm. where he goes, he doesn't, they got, he got fired a day before Big Ten media days, Smith yeah. did, and Urban Meyer kind of just dodged it, denied knowing anything about it. And like, he had to know this stuff was going on. You apparently did. Yeah. And that just that makes me feel really uncomfortable. And a lot of the stuff that popped out from the investigation, from the I what third party did it, but the fo- cell phones and stuff, and mm-hmm. that Urban so Meyer apparently you can't get more. It's like than, an ESPN analyst who's or something. No, that's who broke the story. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm trying. There was a there was a report that was done. It came out a couple like last week. Um, but it's it's just all there's a lot of fishiness and there's a lot of unknowns that I'm sure will come out with time. But as the season dawns and Oregon State is three My, days away, two days when you're listening to this, it's uh you know it's it's gonna hold a cloud for a little bit. It's not Johnny Manziel getting suspended for a quarter. Nah. it's a head coach in a very serious My. situation. My question is: so him denying not knowing anything about why. He was fired. Like yeah. so, Urban Meyer denying he didn't know anything about why he was fired. If your boss is telling you this is the party line, just deflect, deflect. Sure. And or legally, who knows what's happening behind the scenes legally? Yeah, we don't. He might we don't not know legally that. be allowed to say anything. So I don't know if you at this point can hold him sure. not saying anything about the firing against him. Sure. Because legally, in any industry, firing something you can't like a lot of that stuff's protected and sure certain no, that's situations really good point. and i feel like to a certain degree all athletes are held to a much higher um standard than the everyday citizen oh for sure well, like here's... the everyday citizen probably wouldn't get fired or might not get fired from this because of the situation i'm gonna give you a quote from the late Dale Earnhardt. This Ooh. is it's something that I wish a lot of athletes and, yeah. and coaches. Do you want to use this to wrap up and we can move to Michigan? Yeah, we'll move to Michigan. Okay. If you're going to let them sell T-shirts and hats with your face and name on them, then you better not complain when people want to get into your business or want to hold you to a higher standard. Sure. If you don't want to deal with that, then go find something else to do for a living. But I'm betting the paychecks ain't as good over there, are they? And so what he is saying is, look, if you want to be someone they're going to build statues for, name stadiums after, name roads after, you better not complain when they come into your business and find things in your past that are that are not what you think they should be. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, this is not gone, by the way. No. And what happened, Zach Smith today on Twitter decided to go ahead and reactivate his Twitter, if you will. Yep. This isn't over. Urban Meyer gone for three games isn't over. His legacy isn't over, and the effect that this may have on future generations of Ohio State players and fans isn't over. 
and as college football as a whole, they better take a look at themselves. We've seen a few instances of football. This is the first time we've seen a coach. We saw what it should have done. What it, we saw what it did at Penn State. Well, we saw Baylor. Baylor had Baylor. really, really bad. Right. up. Now, really our Bryles, they that I don't want to compare sexual assault cases and domestic violence with each other. What Baylor did and covering up crimes yeah. is egregious. Yeah. So what Urban Meyer is is wrong. Yeah. Do I think it's on the same level as Baylor? No. Yeah. No. They hid players sexually assaulting women at Baylor. Yeah. That's totally f fucked up. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> this is something Got where similar to his ex-Ohio State running back, Ezekiel Elliott, could come back to haunt Urban Meyer, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after. Sure. So I don't think it's over at all. Um, Mel, I appreciate the insight. Yeah, Mel, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. I, I like hockey better than football. <laughs> well, <laughs> By the way, Topics let's, for let's talk about the three... Real quick, I want to just end with this. Let's talk about the three college, uh, Ohio State college football great coaches. Woody Hayes left... Terminated for punching a Clemson player on the sideline. Remember that moment. Jim Tressel left after the tattoo scandal. Yep. And now we have Urban Meyer. Yep. That's what Ohio does. Ohio State is an amazing college football program. But similar to some other college football programs and some college basketball programs, you look back in their history, I'm not too impressed. Which leads me... To my number one team. Yeah, back to actually ranking teams. I know. I'm sorry. We have. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it was it was no, nice. No, it's necessary yeah. to talk about. Let's discuss my number one team in the Big Ten. Michigan State. No, they're they're a pretender. You missed that part yeah. of the conversation. Big Ten. Period. It's been too it's long. Here. And that is the Michigan Wolverine. It's the maize and blue are rising. They're going to win on Saturday. They're going to win on the 13th. They have a legitimate opportunity this year. Because we've talked about a team that hasn't really had. Their last decent quarterback was Jake Rudock. Yep. And now you walk. Well, who walks in the door? Shea Patterson. The former Ole Miss Rebel, who had a, some serious success at Ole Miss before making his way over here. Yep. You want my opinion? You've got it. Let's hear it. They return they, eight offensive starters, nine defensive players for Dr. They do. Blitz. This defense has been as elite as it gets in college football. They have a top five, if not top three, maybe number one overall pick. In Rashad Gary. Devin Bush, a linebacker, can play. Number of good secondary guys. And they finally have a competent, competent quarterback to go with an elite running game, in my opinion, and an even better passing game. Yes. I think it, I know it's. I'm being conservative. I know in my you Michigan are. Michigan fandom and putting them as number two. Donovan Peoples Jones and Tarek Black can flat out play football. Yep. This weekend's going to show a lot. Then they host Western Michigan, host SMU, host Nebraska, go to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. That game's going to show a lot. Kaliki Hudson. Look at him. All-American candidate. I'm sorry. I'm getting Host crazy. Maryland, 
host Wisconsin. That'll show a lot. Then you get into a game that Jim Harbaugh He's needs have to it. win. He needs it. I'm with you. He needs to goddamn win that game at Michigan State. The only place he's actually beaten Michigan State is East Lansing. So, revenge on the table. This could be when Michigan State goes from pretender or from contender to pretender. This could be a game day game. I hope they tear the cover off the Spartans. They go into a bye into hosting Penn State, which I think bodes very well for them. I think it does too. Objectively, I was having them over Penn State. That game's in Happy Valley. That's a different story. We saw what happened last year. Michigan seemed like they could they could contend, and then Saquon Barkley, and that was really, that was one of Trace McSorley's big coming out parties too. Yeah, but they both just turned that on, and they won by twenty nine points. Um, but yeah, so then they have Rutgers, Indiana, and then at Ohio State, and that was the big edge for me. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer is going to get back into the groove, I think. Picking right now, obviously, we need to see how the season goes. I think if Michigan wants to win that game, Shea Patterson needs to go off mm-hmm. and be everything that we're hoping he's going to yep. be. And you need to you need to hope that Ohio State's offense slips up a little bit. That Haskins sees some of the spotlights. That J.K. Dobbins slows up a bit. You know, and that this high-powered front seven that the Wolverines sport on their defense can stop whatever's thrown at them. And I think the Wisconsin game is going to be a very good indicator of that. No, I think it will be too. To me, the big thing that I see here is that is that Michigan, this is they need this year. But unlike few, previous years, they don't come in with these ridiculous expectations. Michigan fans, they do, but nation, national fans, they aren't, right? Yep. This defense is could arguably be as good as it was last year. They did lose some guys. Don't get me wrong. They could arguably be as good as the last. This is the team they've been missing one piece though. One piece they've been missing, and that's quarterback. And I believe that I liked Shea Patterson when he was at Ole Miss. I believe that he has the ability and the talent to be not elite. I'm not saying a Heisman candidate. I'm saying good enough to win you games you wouldn't have won last year. Yes. Okay. That's why I'm so high on Michigan. I also think that this Harbaugh knows this. This has got to be. I know the schedule isn't favorable with the away games. Yep. I just think he knows he's got to have it. I think he knows he has to have it. Um, I, I'm in, and I like I said, I'm just. I think the distraction that is Ohio State's year screws him up a little bit. Okay, but once again. Um, I couldn't be higher on Shea Patterson. I think it's very underrated. There are a few experts. They also have a great kicker. Quinn Norton. I just got to tell you, I just can't be more high on having a decent kicker. If you look at advanced rankings, not the AP, not the coaches poll, they've got them as a top five team because of that defense. And I couldn't be more up front. I think Shea Patterson gets it done. I think the offensive line congeals. I think this is Michigan's year to pull one out. Okay. That's how I feel. I'm hoping. By the way, I do understand that's definitely going to be considered somewhat homerism and biased. But it's it's just, they're just good. No, they're, they're going to be fun. Football. So kind of to wrap thing. Or no, we have to talk about who we think is going to win. Uh, 
I have Michigan winning the, the Big, Big Ten, Ten, and I have them going to the College Football Playoff. I'm going to go a little Homer-ish as a shout out to my cousin whose wedding I was just at. Went to Wisconsin. I have them getting by. Okay. Ohio State. I just think that they there's some. I think I think it's similar. It's a it's a feeling that I just have that I think the Badgers, if their defense can live up to what it has been in the past, I think their offense is enough to carry them. We'll see this, and like you talked about, they only have they don't have to play Ohio State. They have they only have to go to Michigan and Penn State. So hopefully they don't slip up and potentially miss an opportunity at that. Uh, but I think in the craziness that we've seen of the Big Ten the last couple of years, I think they can do it to win. Yeah. College football playoff-wise, I think they need – if they run the table, it's a pretty simple in-your win. Right. If they slip up, it's going to be tough, especially if you have a one-loss team out of the Pac-12 and, and they're 12-1, a 12-1 Big Ten team. Ohio State, I think, would have a better shot, but they need to they need to do well. Michigan yeah. would need to need the same thing. I think Michigan and Ohio State as one loss teams have better resumes to get in as one loss teams rather than undefeated. Okay. So at the end of our college football preview, yes, I want you to give me your four playoff teams. Okay. Not champion. Well, yeah. If you want to do champion, we can, but I don't want to do champion. No. We can just and do. You want to do four and just not by four. Do you want to do them by rank? You just want to name four. Name four and your Heisman. Okay. Ooh, the Heisman. I'm gonna go. Let's go. Let's go with the easy one. Do you have Clemson? Yeah, I have Clemson. So I. Okay. Alabama. I have two. That those two. The W almost came out of your mouth, didn't it? Yeah. I don't think Washington gets in. I think the Pac-12 is left out. Because <laughs> we talk about it every year that right. the cannibalism in the Pac-12 right. fucks them, and I think that's going to happen. I could be dead wrong. No, no, dude. And they go twelve, and they go thirteen and zero. I think that screws them. I think Wisconsin. Okay. And I think I don't even remember who I picked in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma is that who I picked? Okay. I mean, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a ride yeah. watching this season. Who do you got? Oh, my Heisman. Um, well, I'll do it up. You give me a second. I'll do my my football picks. Okay, my Heisman. So clearly, my pretty Clemson and Alabama. Yeah. Boom, boom. And I and I'm taking Michigan out of the Big Ten. Yep. I do. I believe. I think Shea Patterson has that year. I think Harbaugh is a good enough coach after his experience at Stanford. I really do. I want Washington. I do. I do. And but I don't think it happens. I don't think Oklahoma happens. I think Georgia's back in. I think Georgia's back in. Wow. So those are my. Four so how do you? How do you get Georgia in? Can you explain how? Do you think it's just a they're both undefeated in the SEC and the loser still gets to go in? I think that the, yes, I think they both end up undefeated in the title game, and I think one of them loses and they put both of them in. I do, I really do. I, that's how good I think Georgia is. Again, I do. Okay, um, it's it's a tough. So one. how? So just in that because I, I have a couple thoughts on the double team, and I, I think we talked about this double teams in, into the. College football playoff phrasing there. You'd have to put Georgia as the three seed. You can't put, and you'd put them ahead of Clemson, ahead of Michigan. No, Michigan. Michigan will be fourth. Yeah. Unless you decide you that Georgia's at large. I have them winning the Which I guess they have a month off, so it doesn't matter yeah. if they play, you know, they play again two straight games in a row. Yeah. Because it, happen, it happens in conference championship games. Right. Um, By the way, I, 
Let me tell you real quick, I just because you, I, I'm leaving Oklahoma out, and, 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 and I want to tell you why. I'm going to lose to TCU. Okay. I'm going to lose to West Virginia. Why? Because I think Will Greer is my Heisman Trophy winner this year. Wow. I was going to go chalk and just say Bryce Love. Now, I love Bryce Love. And I love Stanford. And I think Stanford beats Washington. Yeah. But That's I'm why taking, I can't pick Washington. Yes. But I'm yeah. taking Will Greer. I'm, I'm really high on him. I think he's got enough potential and talent. So that, that now you have why I have Oklahoma out. They lose the last week of the season to Will Greer. They may win the Big 12, but you but they they have two losses and that's better that that they can't with the, the committee football. will not put in two lost teams. Unless unless there's unless there's too many of them. Right, exactly. But no, I'm with you. I agree. Too many, there are too many there aren't yep. enough one loss teams. Yep. What I don't like and I, we mentioned this last year, what I just don't like are the concept of two teams from one conference. Is why then do you have a championship game to determine a champion? I just think in a 14 playoff, make these games meaningful. It was the same argument when LSU and Alabama played each other. Yeah. They're in the same goddamn conference yep. or the same division of the conference. Yeah. The why, like, these are supposed to be playing games and, like, a, you know, a mythical tournament, if you will, of, of getting to the final four. Yeah. And you know, it kind of it takes away from that. I would, you know, I can see why the committee put in Alabama last year, and obviously they won to show it. But you know, it would have been nice to just have different teams from different conferences. It's tough too because there is no standard for how to set an out of conference schedule. Of this is what you get to do. This is what you get to do. Yeah. Or even what the NFL does if you rotate. Who you play out of conference, so you just rotate conferences. You must schedule this, or we're going to schedule it for you. Especially now that it's it's not like it was when the Rose Bowl was first established. That it was this way for people on the West Coast to see teams from the Midwest play, yeah, and vice versa. It's just interesting. It's interesting to me, and it's there's a long road ahead of it. I think I think a, tw- a sixteen would be nice, but uh, you know we can you know we can debate that another time. So, who's your Heisman? Mine's Bryce Love. I, I already okay. said that. Oh, you said um, that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Who, by uh, the way, um, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going to be – he might be the best player in college football. No, I like that. I just think Will Greer's going to put up video game numbers, and he's going to have a big game or two here or there, which, which sets him apart. Um, but I think that wraps up kind of our college football preview. We've been through every it conference. It does. What a year it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look out for my blog where I do some pick em. Yep. Because uh, that's my big thing. Matt does the NFL pick Look out tomorrow, Friday, when we're dropping our AFC preview slash over-unders, which we're actually about to record. And then NFC, I think we're dropping Monday. Okay. We're going to figure that out with Labor yeah. Day. I think Monday's still fine. You listen to it when you're driving back from the shore or wherever you go this weekend. But Matt, it's a ton of fun to record. Let's wrap it up and get pumped. I'm going to be at Delaware URI tomorrow night. I love it. Well, Rhode Island action. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun Go weekend. Blue hands. Go, Go Blue Hens. Go Bird Schools. Go Lehigh. By the way, playing St. Francis, preseason favorite for the Big Ten or for the uh, Patriot League, playing Colgate. But let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for checking out the Fun V Tailgate College previews. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Fuck Lafayette. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that not supposed to be dropped in there? No, that's perfectly (laughs) said. Thank you. Fuck Lafayette. Go Lehigh. Go Birds.